Hi, I'm Liam O'Rourke, and talk this week is about the WWE's interest in buying the TNA tape library. To be honest, if I paid a million dollars and ended up with every TNA impact ever, I'd feel like I drank a nice tall glass of Bulldog's orange juice. I'm Carl Jones, and this week, Halle Berry may have denied riding Space Mountain, but she's more than welcome to get a first-class ticket to Jones's Juggernaut anytime. I'm G. John Chase, and this week I've been watching Thunder in Paradise. Yep. And I'm Kieran O'Rourke, and this is the 100th episode of the Squared Circle Gazette. The only thing I can say is, together we made it, we made it even though we had a backs up against the wall. This is the panel for the 100th episode of Squared Circle Gazette Radio, and you can hear us debate who should go on wrestling's Mount Rushmore of all-around performers next. Hello everyone and welcome to the, yes, 100th episode of Squared Circle Gazette Radio. I am Liam O'Rourke alongside G. John Chase. Yep. Kieran O'Rourke. Oh, Liam Isaac. Not too bad, man. Cool. And Old Man Jones is back. I don't care how it's going for any of you. <laughs> the Telford Bronco strikes. <laughs> It is the 100th episode of Squared Circle Gazette Radio, so we were trying to rack our brains for a great topic to talk about here for this milestone landmark show, and that we were split between a Mount Rushmore of wrestling's all-rounders, or TNA eulogies from you, the loyal listeners. TNA did, in fact, make it through the weekend this week. Never die! Bastards! <laughs> a Mount Rushmore of wrestling's all-rounders. Uh, I thought this was a really interesting topic when this came up. Uh, I kind of worked on this one a little bit with Matt Holt, one of our uh, contributors here on SCG Radio, uh, in terms of talking about the, a, a way to kind of rank the best and obviously we've, we've, we've done ranking shows before uh, of course for those of you who haven't heard us before you can go back and listen in the archives at squaredcirclegazette.com where you can listen to our previous 99 episodes the greatest all-rounders of all time uh, typically speak when you think of a Mount Rushmore type list you think of the, you know, the, the famous the prominent things of that nature uh, this one we're trying to kind of spread it out a little bit we're talking about talent we're talking about everything that a wrestler any, any measuring stick a wrestler can be measured by uh, ring work promos success effectiveness in his role things of that nature but we got a litany of guys to talk about today. We all voted around this table. Uh, about ten votes we all had. We kind of threw our names in the hat for the guys that we thought should be mentioned for this. We willed it down so that the ones that got more than an individual vote will be discussed at length here today. But we did have a bunch that, uh, that only got one vote. And we also got a bunch from the uh, loyal listeners out there who, on the forums on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash scgradio, gave their suggestions. And uh, some of them correspond with the individual votes uh, that were passed out and of course some of them correspond with the bulk votes but uh, very interesting in terms of kind of the, trying to figure out the criteria for this gentleman what kind of jumped to mind when we talked about a Mount Rushmore for wrestling all-rounders well methinks this will be the source of controversy for the, re- for the next two hours or so a Mount Rushmore for me it's still got to be steeped in historical significance the greatest in every single category but they've only worked on a fucking indie show in Brighton once I don't know what I thought of that. <laughs> uh, well, that. Whilst Kieran flails around at the bottom of Brighton Pier, man, did I, did I have difficulty with this? Oh yeah, um, you have to work it down to four. Well, as, yeah, more more on that later. But as, as soon as you sent the, the message through about about the ten and I, and it being an all rounder thing, I thought if I'm being honest and looking at an all round package, that means I could probably <clears> chalk off three or four people that I would personally pick as just guys that I love but don't necessarily have that all round package that sort of affected the, the way I, I constructed my list I generally tried to look at the notion of could they cut it in the ring were they a good promo did they have any sort of even if they weren't necessarily the greatest talk did they have a bit of charisma about them so that's the sort of things I looked at 
Yeah, I mean, obviously I enjoyed enjoy this because it meant I got to uh, write up a list uh, several times. I was actually kind of averse to all you guys. I actually find it relatively easy to come up with the four and then found it a little bit more tricky to fill out the ten that you wanted, <laughs> you know, like, because then there was like loads of kind of like uh, what I call like uh, reserves, <laughs> you know, reserves to that to that four. My own, my own personal favouritism has played a part, but I tried to be a little bit more impartial in this and tried to come about it much more kind of cold, I guess, you know, just kind of think like, okay, generally like, even if this person might not be like my favorite person in the world or something like that, I do recognize the talent and so on. And and that kind of goes other ways with people who, who I generally love, but also saw that there was a major. Go on, Kieran. You better not have fucking put China in there, mate. <laughs> no, I didn't. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. He voted no. for Hogan, didn't no. he? Well, I no. voted for Hogan. No, he voted for Hogan. Someone fucking voted for Hogan. I did. You know, and then there's other people who who I liked. But then I also knew that there was a massive like flaw in their armour to the point where I was like, ah, I'm going to have a bit, a bit of difficulty defending this guy. At one point where we're trying to look for the best all-rounder, so we're going to have to be really stringent on this and like really nitpicky about stuff. All right, so we'll move on now to the first batch. Uh, these are the guys that we either voted uh, for, one person around this table voted for, and of course you, the loyal listeners, also kind of supported. So we're going to start with Tabe from Pro Wrestling Only, who said Tully Blanchard, uh, all-time elite in the ring and promo. Tully got a vote from Carl on uh, um, uh, the calling here. Winged Eagle on Pro Wrestling Only said, I'm essentially ruling out Misawa, Kawada, Kabashi and Tawe because I can't quite point to them as true heels at any way where I can with Jumbo Saruta and that diversity seems a prerequisite for this particular question. If you want me to make the case for it, slot them all right in there at the top as well. Uh, Misawa and Kabashi were two of the guys that we voted for. I think Kieran, you and I were the ones that voted for Yeah, I'm both. Yeah, and uh, this kind of came up on the Pro Wrestling board with Loss kind of pointing out the... Loss on Pro Wrestling Only kind of pointing out that... Uh, the question, by its nature, may be somewhat discriminatory to uh, people with promos my language you don't understand. However, this is part of the thing I said before about the greatest wrestler ever thing that they did, where inherently, I think when you talk about the best ever and you think about the best ever for this country, there are certain names that come up and promos and charisma are a part of it, and I think that when people turn those blinkers off because they because they can't understand it and they just look at one part of the body of work, I think that is, that's reverse discrimination in a sense, accidentally. <laughs> I just think if mankind couldn't try and blag shit they don't know anything about then we wouldn't talk about stuff for most of the time uh, <laughs> yeah I mean with anything like this it's it's got to, you can only go off your own frame of reference of if you're doing it honestly I think that goes about saying for anything you ever read of lists come on mate. well that's the thing it's like you've been with the greatest wrestler ever list and again not to knock their list by any means though there are things I agree with and, and, and object to on their list I think that no matter what if you, if you don't speak the language you're, you're still not grading based on everything no matter how many tapes you watch so uh, I think that, that is part of the discussion don't get me wrong uh, Max Power on the UK fan forum said uh, Rock Hogan and Austin are a given if Rock, Austin and Hogan are on the top tier you can probably take your pick from a bunch to complete the quartet if you put a gun to my head I'd probably say McMahon if he counts if not Andre he was looking at it not from the uh, the all-rounder perspective but again that kind of fame and prestige perspective because those are the names and that's why that's my, that was my four well this is the thing when you actually talk about Mount Rushmore as a general term, those are the names, Rock, Austin, Hogan, that are going to come up because that's what you identify as pro wrestling. That's why we kind of took this, because that's a really limiting discussion, I think. Mount Rushmore, it's, it's, most people are going to say a common three and then yeah, and the fourth we, will vary. What we try to do is open up the criteria. A yeah, bit. pretty much. Um, Cobra Gordo on the UK fan form says uh, Hulk Hogan, the Hulkster, Thunderlips, Mr. Nanny whatever his character was called in Suburban Commando he's not just the most instantly recognisable wrestler of all time I go on a limb and say he's one of the most instantly recognisable people of all time everybody knows our Terry uh, may have never <laughs> been the most varied in terms of movesets but his ability to work a crowd and play off their emotions makes up for this in spades the fact he could talk like no other and had a generation of fans in the palm of his hands every time he opened his mouth speaks volumes uh, Harmonic Generate on the UK fan form said 
Hulk Hogan. He's a racist. But George Washington, <laughs> George Washington and Thomas Jefferson were slave owners, and Abraham Lincoln was against equality, and they all got onto Mount Rushmore, so the Woodster gets a buy here. <laughs> Uh, like with Andre, his in-ring work is exactly what he needed to do. Uh, he had presence by the bucket of steroids load. He could promo himself into a frenzy, and for effectiveness, he's the biggest worldwide star I think wrestling will ever have. Everyone knows Hulk Hogan. He can't not be on there. Yakashi on there, UK fan form, says Hogan is objectively the greatest wrestler of all time, as a wrestler's only job is to make money for himself and the company he works for. How they do that is irrelevant. Promos, in-ring wrestling, wacky gimmick, xenophobia, it doesn't matter how, as long as they pay to see him. And uh, yeah, baby, on there, WrestlingForum.com also said, I'm not a huge fan, but the big knock, maybe he can't work in the ring. But when you get crowds to buy tickets en masse and go crazy to watch you in the ring do little more uh, than flex and pose, self for sympathy, punches, boot and a leg drop, then you can work. Plus he could talk and had about the best look and arguably best character of all time in my opinion. Uh, Neil Robinson on the Facebook page says, congratulations on 100 guys, massive fan of the show. Uh, Hulk Hogan, I'm sorry but without Hulk, none of us are talking about this today. He's in the George Washington position. Also, Mount Rushmore is fairly close to Sturgis, and knowing Hulk's feelings about certain groups of society, his giant head would be welcomed with open arms there. Here's to another 100 lads, have a beer on Old Man Jones. So, uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> thank you very much, Neil. But uh, Hulk Hogan, let's get to him briefly. Obviously, we're not going to spend as much time talking about the ones that got individual votes, but uh, I think that this one needs to come up. The most significant mainstream wrestling star of all time. All that needs I, to be said. If the, if the criteria is all-rounder. I, 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 can't, I can't argue with his premise of, of Hogan's importance, and if we're looking at what we would term as a your typical Mount Rushmore let's call it yes I think there are three obvious ones yeah, in, and no question in, Hogan's on it to in, me in, yeah and I, I, I think nine times out of ten most people will say but it's that notion of all rounder and, and the way I tried to and I <laughs> as Kieran gives me evils across the table if, if I'm if I'm looking at an all rounder and G mentioned about chinks in the armour and this sort of, I know this sounds very sort of internet wrestling smart mark bullshit I accept that but the notion of Good matches came into my my weighing up of an all rounder, and that for me precluded him from being on the, the choke list. point for the Woodster. Yeah, it was. There is the argument to be had that Hulk Hogan was very effective in in what his uh, work in the ring was, but I guess my personal counter that would be he was also completely. I think ineffective in many ways in the uh, later years in his W. Pretty much after '94, I can't think of a single good. Hogan match from his WCW run. There's an element of taint there, isn't there? Using the kind of the, the Bret Hart-esque system of scoring each individual element out of ten, Hogan scores high in some and, and very low in others, right? Ho Hogan was on top during a period where WCW fucking died, <laughs> pretty much. Went screaming down. To, to curious point, if we're talking about impact on the business, sort of cultural impact, no doubt he's on there. No debate to be had whatsoever, but it's just that that notion of all-rounder, I think, muddies the waters a bit, and I think it can give people reasonable doubt as to whether or not they would include him in their list. Exactly. Well, this is the thing. I remember the lowdown on the, on the UK fan forum was saying that he felt that this criteria was specifically designed <laughs> so that we could get Hogan out of the top four, I, which no, I don't I, think I, is the case. I considered him. I, I, I did know, too. I, I didn't dismiss him out of hand. No, no. It was, by no means was that, well, this, this eliminates Hogan. He absolutely deserves to be mentioned, but... Uh, I just think, very quickly, um, yeah, obviously I, I agree with your points, but so I, the significance of his strengths totally, for me, outbalance the weaknesses even in context and juxtaposition to other guys you're scoring, his strengths compared to them. Promos, Hogan, I think good at times, fucking dog awful. Did they draw money? 
Yeah, yes, at times, and there were others. Yeah, Yappa Pie strap match. Exactly. Well, also, the, I think you need to. With There's a lot of times when his promos didn't draw. From a historical <laughs> standpoint, um, the entire WWF was, was built on him. His promos in in those days did draw. But there's there's a situation where when you get to the WCW run where it kind of rains and and when we are looking at all rounders if we were talking about just draws and just um, historically about the business then Hogan definitely gets on but we're talking about all rounders here because we're obviously voting for this all personally I can't vote for a guy who I fast forward every time his segments come up when we're doing the Monday Night Wars timeline and I kind of I have to fast forward through his the matches Lord, brother. I have to fast forward through his segments because it's they're like uh, because they're awful and and so because of that because I, I try to say I'm trying to be impartial as much as I can but I said favoritism still does play a part in this it's like I'm, say, I'm saying you know sorry I, I just can't I think he should be in contention. But at the same time, I don't think I don't think he should be anywhere near uh, the four. To be honest with me, of all rounders. The other guy that got a vote here, Harmonic Generator on the UK fan forum says Andre the Giant. The category where he falls down is promos, but if there was anyone who didn't need promos, it was Andre because he's a giant. Uh, in-ring work is exactly what he needed to be, being a giant. Presence, you can't improve on Andre. Uh, you can't look at a photo of Andre doing anything and not be awed. Effectiveness, he was the giant. Uh, he could gain mythical stats if his face is plonked on a mountain. Uh, another one here that got a, uh, I, th I think will be a source of debate. MIM731 on the UK fan forum says on the basis of the listed criteria, I can't really see past John Cena. Uh, has excelled as both heel and babyface during his career. He's had consistently good matches and feuds with everyone he's been placed in the ring with, including the great Carl Lee, and that's to get him on the mountain if nothing else does. And whether you enjoy his style or not, there are a few who can match him for hyping the big matches and making them mean something more than Cena. Uh, Harmonic Generator also voted for Cena and said, Cena's got everything, and I think of the four that I've picked, he's the best all-rounder. He's got a decade of tremendous matches behind him. His promo work can be incredible. He has big-time presence, and he's been the top guy for longer than anyone since possibly ever. It's a massive disservice to one of the best ever if he's not on the mountain. Uh, LCC on the UK fan forum says uh, he's probably the truest to a real all-rounder, superb in every category. Previously I think you could question his in-ring work, but uh, in recent years I think even that would be foolhardy. Uh, Jonas Olsen96 on WrestlingForum.com says uh, probably has one of the better catalogue of matches than anyone in the history of the industry. Uh, maybe it's because he's been around so long, maybe it's because he's faced all the best guys, but it doesn't really matter. The guy can have a great match with pretty much anyone, and much of that has to do with the crowd being so emotionally invested in all of his matches. I must admit, I'm drawing a bit of a blanket. Did anybody vote for Cena? I did. Okay. That, that wasn't meant as sort of a shot, I was just, just genuinely curious because I wasn't sure if he's actually someone who did sort of went under everyone's radar. Um, he has had some very good matches. He's also had some terrible matches. I don't think those should be forgotten. And his, <laughs> his promo work at its peak is very good. The impassioned John Cena promo, yeah, I, I can feel that. I can feel that. It cuts me to the bone. <laughs> But there are also countless times where, whether it's the company sort of pushing him that way, whether it's his own personal decision, he's tried to go for the, the sort of the comedy, almost rock light, if you like, <laughs> sort of promos, which I just find cringeworthy. He's someone I did consider, but uh, over the course of the 10, 12 years, however long it's been now, 14 years, I think there's enough sort of troughs in the peak, if you, amongst the peaks, if you like, for me to uh, to the, not have included him. The Orton series, for example. The Orton series, which no one, which, one very which good no one outside, which no one outside mm. the company's ever really brought. No, one very good match at SummerSlam 2007, and then a series of interminable contests. <laughs> as much as um, uh, Kieran. Uh, I can't believe that Hogan hasn't made it into here. I feel exactly the same way about how Cena hasn't even made it into this final list because 
there, there are other people who we're going to talk about later, right, who, who I feel represent being an all-rounder, best all-rounder in their eras, right? And there's one in the 80s and there's one in the 90s that we're going to talk about and they best represent what an all-rounder really means, right? The business is different from uh, other people when they were, you know, their, the best all-rounders at their time periods. The dynamic has changed, so there's, he's got a lot more to do, so he's kind of redefined that position a little bit. And I think... I think probably down the line, like when after years go by, and probably someone else decides to do a freaking Mount Rushmore or whatever, John Cena will be held in much more high regard because the role of being the all-rounder, being the, the the company guy, has now changed. Kieran, quick question to you. Obviously, you had Hogan before, and obviously we're going to have to move on here shortly. But it's a very quick question to you. In terms of effectiveness, which I can't, we said was going to be a criteria here, effectiveness in their role, Cena being the top guy during a, a, a period of slow, agonising decline, do you hold it against him? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's kind of, that was the nagging thing in the back of my head when I was wondering whether or not to put him on the list. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I was, I like to think I was at the avant garde of the non Cena <laughs> hating, <laughs> hatership. Uh, for so long, he's had the. Uh, forget about the numbers that the company's done. He is the leader of the numbers, for, but it's still, it's, it's a suppressed. WWE economy he's been working within yeah um, being the biggest star of a bunch of not even mid carders on the whole mm. doesn't do it for me in terms of Significance. All right, get a couple here uh, before we get on to the, uh, the main 11 we're going to debate today. Brian B on Pro Wrestling only said, Jerry Lawler, uh, not quite as much for in-ring, but that's why I put him in the fourth slot, but his effectiveness as a heel and a babyface and ability to thrive at different spots on the card and different environments was outstanding. And uh, Green Lawler on WrestlingFor.com also said, Jerry Lawler, uh, there was never a guy in the history of the business who did it all like Lawler. Packed the same houses for 20 years, sold better than anyone possibly ever, played the heel, played the face, and main evented as both for years. Booker, announcer, brawler, seller, creator and talent and uh, Joe Lord was uh, one that I voted for and I'm surprised nobody else did he is the one name that cropped up on, on the list when you uh, you forwarded to the uh, the final list if you like where in retrospect I am sort of second guessing myself and thinking should he have made the 10 because we, we can look at the people can sort of have the knock against him you know, he didn't draw anywhere outside of Memphis but the fact that he drew in Memphis for that long, for that long <laughs> and he did it Playing all those all those parts, you know, his ring work, you know, forget what we've seen in in more recent times against the likes of Gregory Helms of this world. <laughs> if that's what you're basing, yeah, if, if you're basing it off that or his recent commentary, needs to be pushed off, Matt Rushmore, yeah, or his commentary stint in the last sort of ten years, then you're not really getting the uh, the full Jerry Lawler experience, as I'll call it. No, not but not so at he's, all. He's one that I I am wondering if I if I regret not including him in my list. Uh, Bad News Gertner on TPWW form said Nick Bockwinkle Nick is a champion's champion possibly the most eloquent and arrogant on the mic outstanding in-ring work compliments his mic skills one of my favourites and uh, JK Webb on Pro Wrestling only also said Nick Bockwinkle maybe the smartest wrestler I've ever seen and best all-around worker ever in the ring he could do anything plus he was good with promos and a great charisma as well Bock was one that I voted for was he smarter than the genius <laughs> I think he was actually. Uh, yes, Buckwinkle. I'm surprised didn't get another uh, nod from yourself, Carl. Uh, yeah, I, I think I've, I've sort of waxed lyrical in the past about uh, how much class the man uses. <laughs> you know, I, I can I can only aspire to uh, to reach that level of grace and dignity. But um, <laughs> but this is one of those where I sat there and thought, whilst I do like what I've seen. The sample size is that small. I can't blame you for that. That I thought, in that sense, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm sure if, if I if I saw more of his stuff, I'd think, yeah, slam dunk, get him on the list. But, but this is the thing, a lot of his career was, was I mean, is, is not really videotaped. I mean, that's the, the, the sad part of it. Yeah, and a lot of his AWA stuff is what people are going to be basing this yeah, on. Yeah, and, and on the base that I, I haven't seen enough to give what I think is sort of an, an honest appraisal. Yeah, I think uh, Bockwinkle, uh, the reason that I went on a bit of a Bockwinkle kick a couple of years ago, and it's the, it's seen him in play, obviously he's like the company ace in the AWA, and he's it, there's a very kind of a comparable element to Flair, in the sense of he really seems like the kind of the chameleon type guy who has to kind of work with the guy. You know, his style adjusts with the guy he's working with. Like you watch him against Vern Garni, where Vern's basically chews him up and spits him out. Or then you'll see him against like the High Flyers and and these you know great traditional tag team stuff there. Or you'll see him against you know Crusher, where you know you're only going to get so much out of the Crusher, you know. But he, he does a hell of a lot with him. And yeah, yeah, this is there's such a great variety in in the way he works as he works with different guys. And that's why I kind of thought you know as an all rounder, I think that kind of flexibility is very good. Great pro obviously again I think what holds him back for most people will be either lack of exposure or lack of uh, prolonged importance during a period where we've, we've lived through alright we're going to come now to the uh, the 11 that got more than one vote around this table that uh, I think are serious serious candidates for this uh, Mount Rushmore of all rounders we're going to start with double A Arn Anderson JK Will on Pro Wrestling Only said I do think uh, that Arn Anderson would look really cool etched in stone with those big glasses on uh, which I can't really disagree with and uh, Dylan Wake on Pro Wrestling Only for his argument said Arn shouldn't go without a mention here as I think he's probably the most complete performer I've ever seen who wasn't a career main eventer. For my money, he was the best promo of all time. Pure believability and intensity with incredible delivery that made you forget he kind of looked like a slightly tougher version of a math teacher. Uh, he was great <laughs> as both a tag and singles worker. And it's worth noting that his TV title runs did have an ace-like quality to them that suggests that Arn could have delivered as world champ if the situation ever called for it. Instead, he was a brilliant sidekick, an enforcer who you believed could kill you, but also believed was a scaredy cat or a wimp if the situation called for him to stooge. Arn had all-time great execution on his signature spots, possibly the best DVT ever, uh, and definitely the best spinebuster, was among the best ever when it came to facial expressions, and was equally effective as a face and a heel, even if the vast majority of his best work was on the heel end. Good with any partner, great with most. Arn was also great working short TV matches, and great working big-time pay-per-view title bouts or feuds. He was also an excellent squash match worker. Literally the only luck I could see against him is his look, but I don't buy that, as uh, he made his look work for him, and became a sort of everyman version of badassery. Even with the other three names I'd have on this list, being Savage, Bockwinkle and Terry Funk, being Hall of Fame level all-timers, I'm not sure I can honestly say that Arn wasn't an even more complete package than they were. He just wasn't in the spotlight as much. So that's the first major argument. Arn Anderson got a couple of votes around the table. So uh, Arn being on the Mount Rushmore of all-rounders. Let's hear the case. We, we can touch on, on individual things like the Spine Buster, like the DDT. I consider minor things to the all-round greatness of AA. <laughs> Um, could work singles, could work tag, equally effective in both, had a presence, had charisma about him. He was an excellent promo. I think part of the, the, the knock on Arn, or maybe not knock, but the reason he's not held in as high regard as he possibly should be is because he's stood next to the man. Yeah, and Ric Flair does cast a rather large shadow. We over had this discussion about Tully, and obviously Tully was mentioned earlier on as a potential all rounder and I think the same uh, argument goes there too. It didn't have many turns as a face, but he could garner sympathy, he, even in his non wrestling days towards the end of the of the, the nitros and thunders. If you like, the promos he's cut in there is sort of the, the baby faced grizzled old man who's do, who points to the scar on his yes. back and all those sort of things, you know. You, you you sympathize for for double a you know you wish he could still go yes. even if you'd spent all that time hating him back in the day you love him now <laughs> he was he was an, an excellent all-round performer 
and what it will probably be the biggest compliment from me to him he's the only person the only person in the history of the world who could ever for one second make me care about the television title <laughs> <laughs> brilliant brilliant did he get only two votes did he you and Carl me and Carl I, th- I, th- I, th- I thought when I, when 100th I, show I, hell's frozen over he was, he was a good baby face he was an excellent heel he was able because it could have been an excellent babyface if he was given like like a, like a full a full run with it. But even those kind of glimpses, you know, um, Carl mentions uh, you know the, the promo he has with Dean Malenko where you know he takes his shirt off and he says this is who I was and he turns around and points his back and says this is who I am now. And it's like just let it go and it was, just let it be, just let it be. Arn never fucking phones it in, <laughs> ever. Okay, he's always on the money. He always makes it seem real. And it's the same with Flair as well. The two, two of them are two peas in the pod with this. They, they, just because they care so much about it, it makes me care. He's one of the benchmark guys. He, he's like the guy, if you're setting up a company, you want him on your roster because you, you, want, you know he can work. And he can work with anyone. And his facial expressions, his timing, his positioning, his execution, they are the benchmarks. Fit in with anybody you want. He's a fucking chameleon of the business. The only thing that held him back from ever having a world title reign, it's almost something that's necessarily kind of out of his control, was he didn't have the look. Mm. That's all it was. He looked like my dad. That was it. Hence that was the it. joke of Padre Hen- Hen- hence, hence, hence the joke. If Arn looked like Sid, that's an unfortunate thing to kind of <laughs> parallel those two guys, but if you get my gift, if he had a better look, Arn would have been one of the greatest of all time. It's just because he was born looking like a builder. <laughs> AKA my dad is what stopped him. Arn is awesome. There's no debating that Arn's great. The question is Mount Rushmore all rounders. We've got four to put on there. Does Arn Anderson make it anyone's four? Final four. Bridesmaids don't make my list. Oh, sorry, but harsh <laughs> take there, Kieran. Um, you said yourself. But that's the you thing. I'm not going to. I'm not knocking anyone that's going to be on this list. But what responsibility for business has Arn ever had on his own, single-handed? Hmm. That's the argument against him. Carl, no, my personal criteria, Hills. No. All right, Carl, did you make your final four? You voted for him to get in the top ten, but is he in your final four? Bottom line. As as much as I love to, to toot Arn's horn. Toot toot. <laughs> I'm afraid not. He does miss out. That, see, that's the thing, and, and uh, it's the same for me. I love Arn Anderson, but I just cannot go the whole hog on him. I mean, yeah, you can say that Arn drew money as part of your, a, a bigger picture, but when the pressure, w- w- the pressure was never really on Arn, like you say, Kieran, single-handedly, and maybe that whole maybe that maybe that's what prevents me from putting him in that top four list. I, I really didn't look at things like buy rates as such when I was thinking all round. All right, very quickly because we've got to move on. Yes or no? In your final <laughs> no, four, to your um, theme park, I, I've got my other three sorted. I haven't got my fourth spot kind of fixed in yet, but um, I certainly think Arn's in contention for it. All right, absolutely. So we'll move on now to the second guy on the list, Bret Hart. Tiger Rick on the UK fan form said, Incredible wrestler, one of the very best of all time. He believed in almost everything he did and who he was and it absolutely shone through. Sure, he was delusional, but who gives a fuck when it means this level of brilliance? He's a level down on uh, Austin and Savage as far as an all-rounder because of his promo work, but that brilliant run in 97 gets him a bye. He was always pretty believable as a promo before that too. His promos always fit his status and character, they just didn't excite. As a draw, he had his market, but he was very efficient in it. Not JTAB on Pro Wrestling only says, Brett is a guy I always found believable in every role he played. Whether working as an underdog against Yoko or Diesel, slugging it out with Austin, or domineering face ace versus the 123 kid, Brett never felt unconvincing in those roles. He was a great virtuous face, and made the switch to being a heel without it ever seeming forced, or like a massive switch in his personality. Whichever role he had to fill, he was always right for the role, and always still felt like the same character. MIM731 on the UK fan form says, Great in the ring, had star quality and abundance, and has witnessed in 
97 could cut a great promo when called upon. Uh, Adam Bomb 87 on the F4W board takes a different tact and says, as much as I love Brett and also Shawn Michaels, they did have some rough promos. At their best, they were great, but for more than a few years, they were both pretty bad. Well, there's a couple of knocks on Brett in terms of all round. Um, again, effectiveness, we kind of talked about the Cena principle before about not being a super draw. I think that kind of can work against Brett in this discussion. But uh, in terms of his promos, does anybody hold that against him? In the context of this, yeah, a little bit. Most For the most of his career, I'd say they were functional. Good in their own way. Again, Perfectly acceptable for what needed yeah, to be done. Yeah, and a sense of, again, sense of realism, like you talked about Arn, which is, which is always great at Brett. But I think you lined him up with a number between 100 and 1,000 wrestlers. And Brett, as a promo, is probably in the middle of the pack. Maybe up a quartile, but yeah, just... The, the, the knock of him and to an extent Sean as well I'll say is that as great as they were in the ring and, and believable in, in Brett and Spectacular and Sean again not a great era Guess context is everything for me yeah because all these are this is what you're judging the, the theory of effectiveness which we did say is one of yeah. the uh, the criteria that's yeah. how you're, you're judging it I think it's all got that sense of Brett as the placeholder and if you're talking WCW for Hogan you're going to talk WCW for Brett okay, and the reason I liked putting him after on was because of that massive discrepancy in promo and it's that thing where I think people would hold it against Brett. I'd argue the the greatest storyteller of his generation. I, I do understand the the knock on promos, and it was it was partly the reason that he that he nearly missed out on my list because t- to Kieran's point that a lot of his promos are functional. They're, they're perfectly befitting his character. You know, you wouldn't want a Brett Hart cutting a Hulk Hogan style promo. Sort of the bombastic nature it just doesn't work. But he, he did find his, his niche in 97 with those heel promos, and I do love those promos. I think he had a, a, a top guy presence about him, and the, the presence was there. Whilst I, I readily admit I probably didn't factor in drawing power as much as I maybe should have with my list, and, and Kieran mentioned about context, one way you could sort of spin it if you wanted to, to look at it as a positive for Brett is, yes, it's, it's a downtime for the company, but look at the contrast during the same sort of time period look at when he's champion look at Diesel you know there's, there's a benchmark there and, and we, we can say and rightly so that Brett was a champion during a, a downtime for the company but there are people who drew far worse with the strap than him the fact that he was able to do good promos for one year you know good promos not necessarily great some were great good good promos for a year it, it doesn't outweigh the fact that the rest of the time it was either weak or just passable. You know, when we're kind of, we're, I'm talking about, we, and I love Brett, you know, he's, he's one of my favourites, he's only my favourite five. You have to be judgmental on this, you've got to be harsh. And to me, it's just like, that's what a really weak part of his game. I mean, like, you know, there's a lot of comparison with Shawn Michaels, at least with Shawn. Shawn, uh, you know, it took him a little while as well at first in, in that early um, singles run, but he, he got to grips with promoing a bit sooner than Brett did. I, I can see Carl's point in that saying a lot, a lot worse people, you know, did, a lot of people did worse with the strap, but he he didn't do much better either. Um, it's 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 that it's really do- it's really kind of dodgy to kind of say, but it's, I'm using that same template you use with John Cena. It's it's only fair. It it is, but what what I would say as a counter to that is that Bret Hart's in ring work and consistency of in ring work far surpasses John Cena's as a body of work. Yes, okay. what I would say though is that Cena is more important as a draw to his company than Bret was to his. That's why Bret was replaced pretty quick. Mm. Well, yeah. And Cena yeah, hasn't been. I, I think. I think that what we got here though is a situation where 
in my mind I've got three for sure the fourth one is, is open for interpretation but I just this is there's, there's weaknesses you can point to and if we're talking all around that's the whole point uh, we'll move on to the next one here because the third candidate was Eddie Guerrero uh, Quinton Skinner on Pro Wrestling Only says Eddie Guerrero is the standout for something like this great slimy heel and could turn to a sympathetic babyface on a dime could be a fantastic bully like in the Ray Feuds or a top tier face in peril play, uh, facing JBL a great tag worker great in mid card title matches great when they push him to the top of the card and I always thought Eddie was a very believable promo. Jazzy Jeffers on the UK fan forum says he could do a serious funny heel, uh, face singles, uh, tag teams, grappler, high fly, and again his matches were mostly great even when he was battling his demons. Uh, they could get crowds to boo him so vociferously in an era where people would cheer their favourite wrestlers regardless of which side of the fence he was on. It says a lot for his charisma. I can only imagine what he would have gone on to achieve had he not been taken from us and feel saddened every time I'm reminded that he was supposed to wrestle Shawn Michaels at the Wrestlemania after he passed away. Uh, congratulations on the 100 episodes, here's to the next 100 guys. Uh, Maluko on TPWW form says, Seems like wrestling was just in his blood and he was naturally gifted. Uh, he seemed to soak up every aspect of the business and learned and grew as a performer over time. By the time he hit his stride in WWE, he was charismatic, phenomenal in ring, and could cut passionate promos with the best of them. Uh, Joe Von Kramer on Pro Wrestling only also voted for Eddie and said, Great heel, great face, very, very great worker, and exceptional charisma. Capital T Truth on Pro Wrestling only says, I don't think anyone touches Eddie at his absolute best, though it was too rare for me. Uh, he could be the most lovable face or the most despicable heel and that's a wonderful balance and uh, Neil Robinson on uh, the Facebook page says I've never seen a wrestler evoke so much emotion from a crowd whether he was the despised heel as he was in his feud with Ray in 97 or the underdog babyface against Brock in 2004 that promo on Smackdown before No Way Out is nothing short of phenomenal and in the ring God almighty was he so good uh, of all the wrestlers that have passed away in the last 20 years I think the business misses Eddie the most so uh, Eddie Guerrero i got to be honest when we were talking about this and obviously the, the names came up when I started thinking focusing on pure talent in the ring Eddie did strike me as a great candidate for this I didn't have him on my list but yeah like thinking about it then he's close he's really fucking I mean, close for me okay stellar worker incredible charisma heel and face yeah drew to his crowd yeah well he always drew in Monday Night Wars we were talking about this he was, yeah. TV, he was a TV drawn everything he was a huge draw and in this case that kind of connection to a, a demographic that we don't represent here as in the Hispanic audience. No, I wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's ticking a lot of boxes. It's he's close for me. He's, he's really close. Yeah. Well, I just think about like again, just like the, the, the I close my eyes and think about like, the career of Eddie Guerrero, and I just think you know, you know, great work as Black Tiger in New Japan. Great work with Art Bar in Los Gringos Locos. Great work as a heel in WCW as a babyface. God, he was just so fucking great and lovable, and what a great undog, and what great fire, and yeah, he was great in any position he was in on the card, he always shined no matter what, he he was a draw, he, he, there was an audience that he drew to, and drew to in spades, even he turned here when people didn't want him to at the end, that fucking feud with Rey Mysterio about Dominic, drew I'm like, your I'm your papi, it drew like over a million viewers every single week when, when Eddie Guerrero would come on the screen on Smackdown, it's ridiculous how much of a draw, TV ratings wise, Eddie Guerrero was in those last few years and it's just like when you've got that to point to for Eddie all you can say is that he wasn't in that role for any kind of long period longevity. of time longevity which to me is a big thing and that's that's kind of what is the, the, what, the thing that stops him from being but, in uh, yeah, to close this is true but um, yeah I would say same close but I think for me just thinking about it now in a way those the, 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 those negatives on Eddie that longevity the, he kind of negates given like the journey his career took and it's like that, that path all the way through from low card to like the, the guy beating Brock and the, the star it was he got there because he was so great everywhere yeah. else so it's almost 
that whole journey is part of the Eddie Guerrero journey. So for, in terms of longevity, he's doing, he was doing it. That's a, that's a great point. So it's you're not talking about longevity as a main event star. Longevity if, in, if in terms case, of effectiveness in the role he was if, in. If that was the case, as we said, Cena would be a slam dunk. Yeah, it's 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 everything's context. Everything's a trade off on on the, on the individual basis. And the individual oh, criteria. You're swaying me here with that. So one. yeah, well, I'm convinced myself. I'm almost. <laughs> <gonna say. laughs> Excuse um, me. Yeah. He's. <laughs> I voted for him. Who else around the table voted for him? I think I did. I did wonder if this is one of those where I would be a contrarian one again. Those different styles that are that are needed for the, for those areas. Well, you know, that, that, yeah, that, that sort of encapsulates you know, the notion of the all round. The guy that can get over yeah, anywhere. Yeah, can work in any environment. Mm, yeah, we we can go on for days about how the, the man shits charisma. It just yeah, you know, <laughs> comes out of every pore. But th- that notion that people can can fall in love with him to such an extent because we hear the backstory about the drug addiction and sort of the fight for redemption everyone can get behind that and, and sympathise with Eddie and cheer him on to, to you know as the massive underdog against Brock so then you know within the space of a year 18, 18 months, months later people can despise him despite knowing that story that he's still got enough talent to make and he did get some cheers still That's, I don't want to gloss over that completely but to get enough a significant portion of the of the, of the wrestling poppers to still boo him at live shows in an era where it wasn't always guaranteed that, that would be the case mm. you know, you've both touched on, on the, the massive draw he was with the Latino demographic I don't need to say any more on that and God just hearing the stories it makes me wonder if he is going to make my final fall oh that's going to be tough yeah I, I, yeah, I think you fucking nailed it, Kieran, to be honest with you. Because I, 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 I know you're the, you're the one that didn't vote for him, and yet you, you fucking really convinced me to put him in there. Because I mean, he, I was like, like Carl, I put him in there thinking, ah, but I'm not going to be the only guy that says Eddie Guerrero. So, you know, he, he didn't have those kind of archetypes of, of necessarily all, all, all the catchphrases or whatever. I'm going to keep going on to that because there's other wrestlers that do. True, but you don't, you but, don't need catchphrases no, to be a great promo. No, absolutely, because what he did have instead, he had substance to it. And, he had, and as you said, he had innate charisma and likability about him. As a heel, he was just so slimy and what fucking greasy. He was such a bastard. But then when he turned that switch and he went like the the, the full baby face, like we're talking like the lie, cheat, and steal, the thing that just caught fire. It, he was just a fucking man. It was just like it suddenly just like like blinkers on. It was just like not that he didn't think like um, he was any good. Like any time you watched him, you knew like this guy, this guy's fucking money. But it's just you're waiting for that moment, like with Stone Cold. You know there's probably money in Stone Cold, but you're just waiting for that moment where like. The, the art, you know, the Stone Cold, you know, the, and that's the penny it. Drops. The, and the penny drops, and like with Eddie, that was it. And suddenly, you just realize, like, in ring, obviously, Jesus Christ, you're not gonna. He's one of the crispest guys in there. Yeah. It, it, he's fucking amazing. Can have a great match with anyone. He can, he can be the small guy against the big guy, or he can just work your ass off technically. He's fantastic. When, when you mentioned like the, the one flaw would be like, well, did this guy really draw? Did he really have value to a company outside of? Oh, it was a good hand. And like you come thinking, ah, oh, maybe not. But then Kieran pulls the rabbit out of the hat there and just kind of states well he did in the time period which he was in I think that Eddie's like I say this with everyone as well it's not I think it should be charisma category not promo category mm. it's charisma it's charisma and he, he doesn't he doesn't he didn't have to say anything like that he walks the one that was mentioned there with the Brock Lesnar promo I love that promo that was so good but he cut several good ones before yeah the he, run up to that show like with, with the Charvo feud for fuck's sake who in their right mind would care about him wrestling Charvo you know how it's ending, you know who's going over, but the promos he gives are initially asking for this notion of forgiveness for letting him down against the Bashams and things like that, where he's venting his spleen. I remember those promos vividly. Yeah. The point I was going to make, though, after proving me <laughs> wrong, thanks for that, was, um, it's like, this guy, you think about it, okay, yeah. so none of us knew what Eddie Guerrero was like in real life. 
No. He walked out as a, as a heel, and you'd think, if you'd never seen him before, he's the slimiest motherfucker on the planet. Because oh, yeah. he's too remember. slimy to be... That, oh, that's too yeah. slimy to be fake. And there's a baby face. I fucking cried when he died. Oh, me too. Because he was so... That's how much sympathy I had for the guy. And I, he might have been a dick in real life. It you was, never know. At the end of the day, I was still judging him off the character that I saw on TV. And okay, the story. It's a touching story. We don't know. We didn't know what he was like as a person. He might have been never a, a do. wanker. We all thought Ben Watt was a great guy. Exactly. That's yeah. the prisoner he had. That heel or face, he was 100% you believed he was uh, fucking slimy. I was convinced that one of those are the... Mexicans had stolen his wallet at WCW. <laughs> I was certain the Parker had done it. I I, I remember when uh when, obviously when I'd seen Eddie as a babyface in WCW, seen him as a babyface in ECW. But when they actually came out as a heel on WCW, where he had like the you know he just wore the, the the tights from the waist down, and he was shredded, and he came out with that fucking sneer, that heat sneer on his yeah, face, damn, damn, and I hated damn, his guts. Damn. Oh, he's like, this guy's brilliant. This guy's brilliant. Alrighty, so we're going to get to a few now that I've uh, listed as uh, ones we've missed. Ones that did not make our voting that uh, you, the loyal listeners, have propped up for us to kind of mention or discuss as part of a potential Mount Rushmore. Uh, Power Butchie on the UK fan forum says, best four all-rounders, simple, Ian Botham, Imran Khan, Sir Garfield Sobers, and Jacques Callis. No, Richard Hadley. <laughs> <laughs> Harmonic Generator on the UK fan form did suggest Triple H. Now, I can sense the eyes rolling at the oaken table already, but I think there's a case here. He's had some shit periods, uh, but when he's been good, he's been great. He's been in two of my top five favourite matches ever, and he's had years where he's been on fire match-wise, so in-ring is covered. He can do a hell of a promo when he wants to. He's been pretty damn effective, mostly to the top heel, but has had his moments as a face as well. And he's got presence. It's a big deal when he shows up. Plus, his greatest legacy might be yet to come, so I'm thinking with foresight by putting him on the mountain. Uh, think of the North by Northwest remake you could do hanging off his nose. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, don't want to go off on a diatribe about We'll go too far. Uh, but what, what, just what I would say is, in terms of this notion of all around it, he, I think he's a terrible baby face. I genuinely <laughs> think he's a terrible baby face. <clears throat> I, I, do, I do love that I, a complete detour, but I, I love this story about how there was a survey in like 2003. Do you remember this, Carl? When there was like the, the company released a, a, a survey to the fans, and it was like, what would you like to see? This is when the company was declining. What would you like to see? Old, proven, established stars like Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock. Undertaker, Kane, Triple H, Vincent Mann, or new stars like Brock Lesnar, Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit, or Triple H. <laughs> they put him on both Amazing. fucking lists <laughs> so he couldn't lose. Unbelievable. The logic, bomb, being dropped, <laughs> was that whoever compiled the list appreciated that whatever, no matter what the outcome of the, of the, of the, the vote was going to be, Triple H was going to be around anyway. So you might as well. So you might as well have him on both lists because who else do you want to see with Triple H? That's what the list was. So. <laughs> Another one here, Grish on the UK fan forum said, Undertaker, his character work is utterly unrivaled, he's produced a ton of fantastic matches, his promos let him down a bit, but at times he's also hamstrung by the gimmick, not really allowing for weakness or emotion. It needs the deadpan delivery. Plus, he thought he'd killed Foley and stayed in character, he deserves a statue just for that. Uh, Wishbone on TPWW also says the same man. Uh, the man has had one of the longest and most prosperous careers in the history of the business. While his early ring work wasn't quite up to snuff, he more than made up for it with his stellar work in the near last decade. He also may have never had the same way with words that guys like Michaels and Cena have, but he still was able to make an entire arena and everyone at home take heed every time he uttered even a short promo. I mean, what other guys in history can say they got millions of people pumped up with three simple words? Uh, the Undertaker could almost could do what most others couldn't in an entire ten minute promo. So take it very quickly because we have to move on to the, uh, the ones that we did uh, nominate around the table. But no, Booger Red did not did not come into my uh, train of thought for this. Really didn't. I, I I can appreciate the sort of the longevity of the, of the character, the mystique of the character, but. 
we can say his promos were sort of hamstrung by the character somewhat. He still didn't cut great promos as the biker dead man, I don't think. Ring work was always at the level of the guy he wrestled. Yeah, it, yeah we, and even then though, I don't think he ever really clicked with Austin. No. I saw pl- I saw plenty of stinkers with Triple H. Yeah. You know, I, I don't. I think the the body of work in ring is mixed. You, you can talk about the the one great match a year at Mania, <laughs> but if you want to talk about that that streak, you you got to throw in the Mark Henrys of this world, and and people can say, you know, much to your point, Liam, it's Mark Henry. You know, what are you going to do with him? If if you're an all rounder, if you're a Nick, if you're a Nick Bockwinkle, <laughs> you can work around those sort of things and. and, and more often than not he proved himself incapable of doing that I never Touché. saw a five star Bockwinkle Henry match you remember that match I think it was Great American Bash where he wrestled the Dudley Boys oh, with the concrete crypt stinker. why didn't I, Paul Bearer just eat his way out uh, it's ready Breck you saw that match he, and he, to die. He was, he was, <laughs> <laughs> the only the only three people I can immediately think of where he, he he had pretty good matches consistently with them as far as I was aware was Sean Kurt and I guess Foley but though Foley did probably have like a couple of stinkers he, with him he had surprisingly good matches with Batista he did yeah, yeah he did far, far you, better right. than anyone ever expected right. I will give him that um, we get to the next one that we nominate around the table multiple votes for the macho man Randy Savage yeah Tiger Rick on the UK fan forum says probably the most intense and believable wrestler and promo I've seen I love the gear and the colour and the valet but most of all I love that everything he did sucked you in I adored this guy from the first moment I clapped eyes on him and he fascinates me to this day he was brilliant with a feel or baby face and under the, understood the subtleties of working both he drew money too many times unlike plenty of other great workers and dragged great matches out of everyone he's wrestling's greatest all-rounder for me nothing at all that he couldn't do Vito Cruz on TPWW says best voice in the history of the business and as per usual for this list the guy could work rings around most guys it was hard to have a bad savage match when he was in his prime Odog on WrestlingForum.com says always felt he was the most complete wrestler of all time in terms of ring work promos charisma psychology look basically anything used to analyse a professional wrestler Savage was a master at it the epitome of a total package um, Steve Bachenik the first person who ever gave feedback on this show on episode 1 uh, says on on the Facebook page, my vote for all-round performer is Randy Savage. He had the speed, size, athleticism, outstanding promo work, and persona. He was a colourful character to say the least, and had some of the most memorable matches in wrestling history. His match with Steamboat was groundbreaking, there was nothing like that at the time. Hell, he even carried the warrior to the match of his career at 7. His matches told an outstanding story and he excelled both as a heel and a face. Uh, Neil Robinson on the Facebook page is the most believable wrestler of all time. JBL always says, if you <laughs> if you were to create a wrestler from the ground up, he looked like Randy Orton, maggle. Fuck off, he looked like Randy Savage. <laughs> first wrestler I ever saw and seven year old me has been hooked ever since that was he or Macho King and I thought he was a dickhead but what a charismatic psychotic awesome dickhead he was I think I put my fear of snakes down to him as well in ring the best of his generation no discussion necessary was still having belters with a page in 97 and with Sting and Bretton 98 even though his knee was like a twiglet uh, hell I even love Savage so much uh, I was a man and brought his rap album <laughs> be a man Hogan so the Macho Man needed to come up because again forefront of my brain in terms of an all-round package we, we heard there from the listeners we know how great this man is yeah. we don't even need to focus on how great this man is it's well known he's awesome what I'm interested most around the table is is there anything that you can hold against him no I'm, I'm interested I know that you can't G Carl, Kieran I want to know is there anything you feel stops Savage from being if not in the top four right on the fringes if you wanted to be hypercritical, you could look at some WCW stuff. I mean, I, I don't. I think that the work with Page is, is fantastic. I, 
I don't quite share the love for the work with Sting or Brett in 98. There were, I think, a, a couple of lulls during that, that NWO run, which, which aren't stellar. But again, that, that's, that's being hypercritical. I think the other thing that other people may criticise him for is something that DDP often gets criticised for as well. The planning out matches. Planning out <laughs> matches to the point of adding nausea. Like, I see how that wouldn't sit well with, with certain people. Me personally, I can give a fuck. I've, I've, <laughs> yeah. I've, I've, I've never had a problem as long as the match is good. Yeah. If, if the match I can't is, tell. If the, if the match is good and the people... People in the arena didn't know that Savage Steamboat was planned out point it's for point. It's not like it's care. the style yeah, of, and, let's just say, yeah. a Ricochet Will Ospreay, <laughs> yeah. where you have to be choreographing something to put together something like that. Because if you don't, it all just falls apart. And, and, and you, you It still looks like a real competitive fight, yes. or at least something close it to it. It looks like a genuine athletic contest, and you, know, you always have the sense with, with a Savage, he's talented enough where if something didn't work, he could change it up. But like I say, th these to me are all sort of points where if you're being hypercritical, you can have that as a knock against him. I personally don't hold those things against him. And he is on the cusp. He may be number four on my list. I'm not, sh I'm not certain yet. Is there an argument against Savage? And, and indeed, with a lot of guys on this list, we tend to think about them at their best in their prime. And the one thing about Savage, I think that his prime period was like 85, 86, 87. I think that after 92, his promos became very much a caricature of himself. Never, never saw a promo that really grabbed me. Yeah. Like, those early, and they're the ones that I, I had to go back and watch, like, like, 8586, didn't watch it at the time. Watching it back now, it's like, this guy's fantastic. Love his promos, love his style. Everything about him is on point. I think he's the best Intercontinental Champion of all time for, for that title run in 86, lead up to the Steamboat match. But, when I look, think back about, like, that 80, you know, 92, 1994 period, the ones that stand out as great I can remember because they're so few and far between we mentioned one of them when instead of being the caricature Savage he's, he's sombre because Hogan plays the video with him and Liz remember that one on, on Nitro that we reviewed on the Midnight War timeline uh, yeah, when Savage plays it sombre for a change when he changes <laughs> the best promo he doesn't say anything yeah honestly <laughs> he, he does nothing but to me that's, that's, the, that, that's the best that Savage gets from a promo perspective after like 92 the Wrestlemania 8 one is like the last great Savage promo for me no I think that's that's probably fair in terms of, in terms of in terms of great promos. I, I do love the the post match. You, know, you can have all of me next time. Yeah. He, he gives the belt to Liz. And this is yours. Take it and go. And this is yours, Flair. As he's sort of going bug eyed and, and that's 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 a, a fair assessment to make. I, yeah, I can I can I can see where you kind of going with that. I mean, at, at the same time, you know, everybody everyone that's going to be on this list has has their peaks, and they also have those moments where you just think, nah, you probably should have retired earlier. I, I will concede probably roughly after the time of the DDP feud is kind of where he tails off for certain by then and anything after that I'm not going to like turn around and try and defend it as being anything That's great you, you're going to argue that with every single name we got here yeah, I, mean, I think there's but, a difference but, between isolated incidents and prolonged yeah. runs of mm. not being at the level yeah. that people remember him being for this list that's mm. one, that's that's the point he had a good run with Ric Flair yeah. and he also had a good run with DDP which actually kind of segments those so it's not just like well WCW run was shit it's like no he had a little bit of shit then he had some good a little bit of shit then some good a little bit of shit it was a bit like that so it's like it wasn't anything too prolonged maybe like a few months here and there I don't think it's enough realistically to not put him in contention Kieran is he on your list? I think it's the stigma of the time of that early night period it's like oh god who cares this old guy <laughs> and like so I, and then it wasn't until was it the Memphis stuff eight, the 84 yeah. Memphis stuff which blew me away because yeah. he was like a fucking animal yeah I was like okay I get it now fair enough 
that being said, with the elimination Hogan on bogus charges, <laughs> uh, Savage is replacing him as the the 80s guy for me, so he's up there. <laughs> ah, wonderful. Okay. Let's move on to another one here. Uh, Cobra Gordon on the UK fan forum mentions The Rock, uh, the Attitude Era's second biggest star, but only slightly. The fact he's transcended the wrestling industry to become the biggest film star on the planet also has to contribute to him earning a space, as there have been so few to do it. Similar to Hogan, he didn't have to moonsault off balconies to tell a story in the ring, and had charisma coming out of his ears. I remember the first time I saw him cut a promo, and I was totally captivated. This is also the man who got the fucking people's elbow over as a finishing move, so credit where credit's due. And uh, Redondo on the F4W board says, I know a lot of people are down on Rock's work, and he was sort of limited in a way, but in his prime he could always rise to the occasion and have a hot match. To me that's what being a great worker is all about. So, uh, The Rock. The only question in my mind is, does Rock go on the cliff, on, on the mountain? Or do we just carve a new mountain just for rock? <laughs> That's a fantastic question. Because that is fucking marvellous. Because above average worker and got away with it because he was so over. Yeah. And yeah, he was great at reading the crowd and, and interacting with the crowd. The most charismatic guy of all time. Probably one of the co- he's up there with like fucking Hitler <laughs> in terms of charisma. Um, Wasn't expecting that. Yeah. Well. Well. Th- I'm, I'm, there's a basis to that. This guy is so f- fucking charismatic. He's on a different scale to everyone else. You can't judge Rock with anyone else. The only thing I'll say with Rock, and it's maybe not a knock on Rock, it's more got me thinking, talking about this two eras thing. Yeah. The Austin and Rock dynamic. Uh, it was going round in my head. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, work rate, you, I think that knocks Rock down. But Jesus fucking Christ, he, this guy is such a star. He's, he's not a star. He's a fucking... We are in the orbit of his son <laughs> he, he biggest earning biggest box office draw in Hollywood this year that's fucking transcendent business this guy is not Hulk Hogan in Mr. Nanny and comes crying back to draw <laughs> to get a deal with WCW yeah. and we're looking and going over this the 98 stuff okay so you can't argue Austin's importance 2000 was the biggest year right yeah okay <laughs> it's interesting it's just interesting so for me yeah rock in my, in my book yeah well, based on Kieran's description there, whilst he and G play Icarus, <laughs> to me that notion of transcending the business doesn't fit into the criteria of an all-rounder, though. To me, that transcending of the business goes back to the Hogan sort of argument. Not that Hogan's a great you know, drawing actor in Hollywood, or anything, but that notion of someone that people recognise outside of the business when I say transcend. So That's part of the equation, not the whole thing for you, right? That's what you're saying. Yeah, I just, it's just... I think, I think his... His work gets unfair criticism. I, I think he's—I think he's a much better worker than he was ever given credit yeah, for. But I will say, in this, at the same time, his work is the reason he missed off on my list. That's the—that's the, the missing the, element. That, that's the missing he's, element. He's, as, he's as very the, good, the, but not the, great. Is the yes, point. Yeah. yes. That, that, that'd be the, the, the fairest way I think to describe it. Okay. Just to carry out that very quickly, clarify. I get it's an all-round thing, but for me, things, individuals have their different skill sets and are waiting depending on the individual of their overall package for me and Rock's charisma is such that it brings his six as a work for me up to it doesn't matter (laughs) (laughs) because he got 257 on a 10 scale for charisma the guy is phenomenal at reading the crowd right in terms of in terms of promos with matches in terms of his matches Whilst there is not necessarily any kind of flash 
to his moves. You know, he's not doing like high flying. He's he's not like the Eddie Guerrero's as, as you kind of mentioned in terms of like uh, what he kind of does. Had he had good matches, and he had a lot of them. He, he had he had great matches with Austin, Triple H, Foley, Kurt Angle, even the one Benoit. that he had Benoit, even the one with Brock Lesnar, Jericho. Jericho. So just like quickly, people in the entertainment industry, not just wrestling fans, mm. they still call him Rock. Oh yeah. And I think that says the significance of it of his to the business. Yeah. That says it all. So. Yeah, I I just think that uh, don't get me wrong. Everything that you've just said there, I completely agree with. But if if the debate is all round, the thing I'll say we're harping a lot on one element here. And I'm not saying that the matches are bad. The promos are great. Well, the matches uh, are very really good. The matches, the but the, good. but that whole thing about the charisma being such an important part. I mean, it, does it kind of blow away any weaknesses? And again, from a, from the, a wrestling business perspective. And I guess it's a hypothetical discussion, but the fact that he didn't have the super long career—that was the one thing I was going to say. Longevity yeah. is the one that knocks it, knocks yeah. it, it hurts him. You know, that, that's a lot that he achieved in that time oh, period. Yeah. And the fact, as we mentioned already, in 2000 being the biggest money year for them, Rock was the babyface on top for that. He might not have been the champion for a lot of it. Well, actually, no, he was. He was actually champion oh, for a lot of 2000. It's a big thing, and and he and he was consistent in the matches. It's it's. It's yeah, the the big the big selling point is his promos, but I don't think his match quality is a weakness. I, mean, I really don't. Moving on now to the number six <laughs> guy on the list. Bad news Gunter on TPWW says Terry Funk, greatest all round wrestler of all time in my opinion, evolved consistently throughout the years, amazing promos, awesome face or heel, can mat wrestle, brawl or bust out a moonsault at age fifty four because he's Terry Funk. Gordy on Pro Wrestling Only says the one guy I think should be carved into almost everyone's mountainside is Terry Funk. Can work as a good guy or bad guy, can dominate or work from underneath, can work a classical technical style or a distinctly non-classical, very violent style, can cut a great promo, be the guy, can work singles or tags at the very highest level and make everyone else look great. Uh, Joe Von Kramer on Pro Wrestling only says, great heel, great face, greatest of all time worker, greatest of all time promo, uh, exceptional charisma, worked as a babyface ace and a heel champion. And capital T Truth on a pro wrestling only says, maybe the most pro wrestling wrestler ever, <laughs> a uh, pure entertainer that could do anything he wanted in the ring. So Terry Funk, this is one that I am leaning towards putting on my four when it comes to all-round performers. I absolutely adore Terry Funk. I don't think that's much of a secret turning around this uh, fine oaken table. I think Terry Funk, the more I've watched of Terry Funk, the more I just absolutely fall in love with the guy. The thing that was mentioned there about the most pro-wrestling wrestler ever is so great. Because you're talking about the, you know, the things you're born with, the skills you're born with, like the, you know, the savage voice. Like Funk just innate, the, the aesthetics of his physical movement. I absolutely adore. His voice is brilliant, whether he's a baby face or a heel. His whines and cries as a heel are fantastic. Yeah. His screams and his, and his fire as a baby face is excellent. Um, I think what holds Terry Funk back to a lot of people is that they haven't seen a lot of his stuff in all, in, uh, all Japan. But the more, like I say, the more I see of Funk, the, the, you know, the ranges of matches from Team with Dory in All Japan to matches against Jumbo Saruta as a single in All Japan as a babyface, uh, his stuff as a heel, which most people have seen, I guess, with Lawler and, and Florida with Dusty. I just the more I see of him, the more I just yeah his promos are fucking exceptional. I just love Terry Funk, and I cannot think when it comes to all round man, it's it's hard for me to to say that he's not on this list for me. He he ticks all the boxes. Absolutely, like he, he ticks all the boxes. There, the way he's evolved over time, and and the way he he could do different styles. We I think G mentioned earlier about the, the sort of the joke of the old. It's still real to me. Damn it! There's always that great Terry Funk line about how. He can't make them believe that pro wrestling's real anymore, but he can make people believe that he's real. <laughs> and God damn it, was he convincing? <laughs> yeah, there's a match I recently watched where it's um, it's 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 from the Steelheart anniversary show. I can't. It was like a, it was in 1995, and it's uh, Pillman and Bruce Hart's Bad Company against the Funks. 
and it's just fucking great. It's just it's just Terry Funk's just such a one man show with his towel whipping everybody in the crowd and just doing his ridiculous you know bumps in the ropes. It's like and what I love about Funk is you can watch any Funk match, just like a random Funk match, and he'll just be just awesome. He's just like he'll take a drop kick from Bruiser Brody and then get caught up and somehow get caught where he takes the bump and lands in the ropes and hangs on the ropes. You know, it's just like it's just like there's, there's these little innate things about Terry Funk that I just absolutely adore, and he can do them in any form. He's, he's great as the the top guy. He's great. Is the guy to put somebody over as we saw with Flair uh, his promos are absolutely fucking out of this world I love Funk's promos like I say uh, I, I, I just think from a guy who can who can be the leader of the company in all Japan or a guy who can be the guy that feeds into a territory during the 80s to put over the top babyface in each territory come in get beat the man was so good he got over the spinning toe holds of finisher <laughs> in and, I, Japan. and I can't think of higher praise than that <laughs> Alright, so I'm putting him in my four. I'm fairly certain he's in my four for this all-rounders discussion. I'm curious to see what uh, you two fellas think. G, Kieran? You know, you mentioned like the little, the little, um, doing the match. Idiosyncrasies, yeah. You know, even like the one I always like, you know, when he's getting absolutely battered and he starts swinging his fist just blindly because he's just been bad so much. Where it's just like he's always fighting even though he's getting his ass kicked. And, and like even when you get into his ECW run where, you know, it is what it was you're still looking at this guy doing fucking moonsault on top of the ladder just going what the fuck is wrong with this guy people cared about fat Tommy Dreamer because of Terry Funk and Terry Absolutely. Funk alone and no one cared about Tommy <laughs> <laughs> and he is fantastic but I, I I can't quite put my finger on why he just doesn't make it for me uh, Not definitely not in the top four for me though I can I can fully understand why you would put him in there you've seen a lot more variety of his work than I have I haven't seen his all Japan stuff it did make my list I sent you just purely because he variation I was going for within my historical context stuff I had Sean on my list but not Brett even though yeah. Brett is uh, I'm not a Brett hater I love Brett it's fantastic but to know I was reticent to go same guys from the same era who was so close in proximity so with Flair making the list without doubt um, that was the only thing that I might funk down on but that being said if I grew up in the territory that Funk was frequenting, he would probably be my favourite wrestler. Because oh, I, I, I love like, the guy. I, I I, yeah, that's the thing. It's not someone because maybe that just that natural grab task. Because uh, as a youth, I, I go out of my way to you know watch loads of stuff now. He's like he's always fantastic. So yeah, he's, he's gonna be close. But have <sighs> I'm in the shower with all that dirty, filthy dirt? Oil, oil. <laughs> yeah, we got we got to get one of them in there. Uh, that, that whole spiel actually, before the empty arena match, needs to be. I need to put that on here somehow. <laughs> I think I'll have to. After it's son of a bitch. <laughs> Where's Lawler? He's yellow. He's <laughs> crying. Is he bleeding. cries? He's bleeding from the eye. Uh, number seven on the list to discuss today is Mick Foley. Uh, Grish on the UK fan forum says I've been mulling between him and Roddy Piper and have just edged Foley onto it. An amazing promo put on some great matches to find Hell in a Cell with a standard that probably won't ever be topped and has presented the world with Noel Foley. <laughs> so uh, that's, that's an all-rounder reason if I've ever I've heard one. K.O. Bossy on WrestlingForum.com says he was a master of range. He can have you cheering for the lovable misfit mankind, then ten minutes later cowering in fear of the deranged Cactus Jack and then laughing at the wacky dude love. He could cover every angle possibly needed. To me, that is an all-rounder. So uh, Foley, I vote for him. I, I feel that Foley and K- I was Carl's very surprised you didn't. He didn't. No, he did not. He left Foley, who I know he loves, off the list. That's how impartial. That's how unbiased That's, he's being uh, here. Yeah, I, I it's my my attempts at objectivity. I suppose I yeah. If I, if I'm picking a ten of my favourite guys of all time, Foley's in there all day long. It's it's never in doubt. But 
his promos are fantastic absolutely bloody brilliant I talked before about how whilst I, I can acknowledge how great Rock's promos were they never really sort of grabbed me never held my attention the way they do other people's Foley's absolutely do maybe it's just my general outlook on life but sort of the rage and the bitterness of the ECW promos just speak to me on such a level <laughs> um, but no, a, a fantastic fantastic promo and I think the email I mentioned there range yeah master of range yeah, he, he, he can do that angry bitter stuff he can be the lovable goof which you know it, I think it's fair to say at the, the time he was most over is when his body was breaking down and he was resorting to pulling the sock out of his tights um, as, as much as I love Foley I think there are there are too many stinkers in there really when it, when it comes to some matches I think there's there's some there's some really bad ones and, and, and part of it's to do with his body breaking down but <laughs> this is the Val Venus one we're talking about <laughs> no, Val, Val, in Venus, Val Venus may come into that category I might have mentioned before my displeasure at that whole series but um, <laughs> now when when Foley was was on his game it, he could be brilliant and, and yes the, the matches were violent and you know there were thumbtacks things like that but there was still God, still a Triple H line he was still taking people on an incredible journey I, I, I do think that the match quality is is too up and down hmm. to, to meet that too all, much variance yeah to, yeah. to, meet, to meet the uh, the the all round level that uh, that I think is required well this is it when we, uh, uh, just as a quick comparison you look at Foley I guess from a match perspective uh, compared to like whether it's um, Arn, Guerrero, Brett um, Randy Savage uh, Funk I think that he probably falls beneath all of them uh, Rock Rock had, had kind of a less less time to kind of judge by than Foley did but I mean, but again, Foley did have also have all time classics to counterbalance that. So it is kind of a bit of a waiting game, depending on the. Uh, I'm not mean waiting W A I T. I mean, waiting game is in a W E I G H, if you will. In terms of an all rounder, while I think he absolutely deserves a mention, uh, when it comes down to having to chop ones off the list, this was actually one of the, the first ones that I was able to put a line through fairly. I mean, I see the whole master of range thing. I could see that he could he could do everything very very well, exceptionally. But I don't know if he. Obviously, he did it often enough because he did he did a lot of great stuff in in that career. But but, but I mean, even using the ECW stuff as an example, his promos were fantastic. Some of the matches left a bit to be desired. Well, he's resting the Sandman in most of them, so great. You know, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Guy <laughs> yeah, yeah. But if but, but but again, if I'm going back to that notion of body of work, yeah, you know, it, it, even if you can sort of weight it a bit in the sense of who he's against it. It's still not sort of the the overall view of his career, I think. Yeah, gee, I know you're a bigger uh, big Foley guy, so I guess my question for you here is: Does he break? Does he break the four? He he doesn't. Uh, he doesn't for me. He, but I think he's definitely should be in contention. He, he should be mentioned at least uh, in in the top ten. I mean, you, yeah, promo wise, obviously he, he's great. You're not going to find many people that can pull off three characters at the same time as as it was in '97 and early '98, where he's flipping back and forth between the three. I was always more Cactus Jack person myself. I'd rather see him doing the damage and taking it. But do you not think? If I can just ask the question just quickly. Do you not think that hurt him? Because I think I think it did. Yeah, I, I thought the same thing. As cool and novel as it was, mm. I, I think I said this before. I thought he got less over every time he changed. 
Yeah, there, there, there is that there is absolutely perfectly uh, sound counterpoint to it. I, I, I just that that's the negative side of doing it so so often, but the positive side of the fact that they were able to do it with him at all uh, just shows um, how versatile he is. So so in, in in ring style, that's where like it kind of like kind of varies because sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. For me, he's what does put him in contention for the top ten, not necessarily the four though, is that he's the guy you'd want in your team. You you find a Monday like Night War. You might yeah, like Arn. You find a Monday Night War. You want him in your team, right? Whilst he may have had a few little dodgy matches here and there, this guy, whilst he may have not have been a major star himself, he made stars. Okay, we need to establish Rock as a champion. Get Mick. We got Triple H. We need to establish him as a champion. Get Mick. Need a phone for Austin after WrestleMania. Who does he yeah. choose? Him personally chose Mick yeah. Foley. Mick Foley. Uh, Randy Orton. We need to see what this guy's made of. They picked Mick. Unfortunately, they went with Triple H after that. So you know <laughs> what happens there. Edge. You know. Okay, seems something hot with Edge here. You know, we kind of fucked up with the, you know him losing the title again. But we need to reheat him. How do we do that? Who do we get? Foley. He's fucking retired. Get Foley. Right. They, they were on the good track anyway. But their, their careers were made because they faced Mick Foley. He was the go-to guy to get people over because he knew how to do it because he was great psychology and he could fucking sell it on the mic that was always his strong point he's the one guy you fucking want on your team but he's the guy you need on your team amazing supporting player uh, probably one of the best supporting players of recent years anyway last 20 years but yeah, like I said bridesmaids don't make my list can he at least be the maid of honour <laughs> he's not getting invited also, just and it's ringing these door just also on the last list as well, Taker as well. Taker was doing no fucking nothing for years, and who do they get in to help him out? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've I've waxed lyrical about that in the past. Yeah. Uh, Cobra Gordo on the UK fan form suggests Vince. Uh, he's the daddy, isn't he? Uh, if anybody deserves a mortalizing in stone, it's that crazy old bastard. Never a proper wrestler, but always putting the shift in the matches he did have. He's the greatest heel in all of wrestling. So more than makes up for work rate with the promos and segments he's been a part of over the years. Kieran, I know you voted for Vince. Yeah, with an asterisk, but yeah, exactly the same thing. Didn't, <laughs> didn't, didn't, that he's a non-wrestler, but yeah. he's so, so important historically. The best heel of all time, most significant yeah. heel of all time, so for that alone. Maluka on TPWW forum said uh, one that actually got raised quite a few times Chris Jericho never stopped uh, his reinvention it didn't matter what direction he took his character he got things over I thought his stop and start returns were going to tarnish his legacy slightly but this longer term run where in his mid 40s he's easily the most entertaining guy on the roster proves his talents great match great promos uh, but ultimately he's the performer of the list he just knows how to work a crowd simple fan on TPWW also said Jericho the guy gets it and uh, one of the most entertaining wrestlers of his time another guy that can do just about anything and make it great has won just about every type of title there is from TV title Carl's favourite uh, to a cruiserweight title to being the undisputed champion all around I think the guy deserves a spot uh, and Niall Clark on the Facebook page says as an all round performer you cannot look past Chris Jericho he's wrestled all over the world and can compete with every style he can get a good match out of anyone he can wrestle anywhere on the card and be believable and he's also great on the mic uh, you have best people better at wrestling promos character work and bigger stars but I struggle to think of anyone who's as complete a wrestler as Y2J plus he stands up to Goldberg and Brock which shows he has balls the size of Mount Rushmore uh, and loss on pro wrestling only say people will laugh at this but this is why Chris Jericho has had so much longevity his ability to do it all so before we move back to our list did anybody consider Jericho? I only considered him fleetingly because there's a, a couple of stints of his WWF run that I'm, I'm not too keen on uh, but I am surprised that others didn't vote for him I, I thought this was going to be one of those where I turned up and be, being the only person that didn't pick Jericho so I'm, I'm quite surprised that none of us went for him 
Yeah, same here. I'm actually. Yeah, he's actually probably like in same as Terry Funk, really. Where it's just like he's a guy that you'd think is kind of obvious, but somehow just didn't make my list at the time. Jericho. I think the reason why he didn't get in for me is because there were two other guys who I'd put in my list who I'd put in the same boat as him in terms of being solid on the mic, great charisma, and really good in the ring to work with anyone. And I just, I just, I had two guys already in my list, and I didn't have a spare spot for him really and we've already talked about one of Eddie Guerrero and we're going to talk about the other guy shortly I'm sure but I think it's because of that I had a choice of three guys I only had two spots I chose the other two yeah I'm kind of in the same boat where I think that one of the things that held it back is Jericho is a baby face does not age well at all mm. and I, I oh, remember, that's yeah. well any, any, any Jericho when is a baby yeah. face I've, I've always yeah, and, I, and I like Jericho a great deal as a heel but as a baby face like in 2000 he's alright and I remember kind of like tapering off on my, my Jericho love when he turned babyface for whatever reason the, the promo's going to be a lot more hokey and, and on a rewatch he doesn't hold up well as a heel I've loved him every time and when I go back and watch that stuff that stuff holds up great so I think that this, this might be one of those ones where in the Triple H mould as, as much as that will piss some people off but <laughs> you see what I'm saying it's like there's a flaw there that I personally can't get past next on the list Kurt Angle Grecian on the UK fan form saying Kurt Angle is nothing he can't do one of the best in ring of all time check Promo like a boss? Check. Heal or face? Check. Have great matches with any kind of opponent? Check. Play a badass? Check. Make milk cool? Uh, check. Uh, if you're talking great all-rounders, Kurt has to be on there. Uh, Jazzy Jeffers on the UK fan forum says he's probably one of my all-time favourites. Anybody I've heard talking about him has commented on how he's such a natural talent. When he's a heel, he can get the crowd hating him. When he's a face, he can rally the crowd behind him with ease. He can do comedy. He can do serious. I don't think he's had a match I can think of that was anything less than watchable. And if it wasn't for his serious involvement with he who must not be named, then I reckon WWE would have churned out a Blu-ray collection by now. Fignuts on TPWW form says the guy just does everything well. One thing about Kurt is he can genuinely be funny and then make a complete ass for himself and a second later can switch on that unique intensity of his and be a legit badass. The two don't conflict at all. RP on TPWW says uh, we don't even need to talk about his wrestling. His promo ability from the start was incredible. Uh, I remember his fake interview with uh, The Rock being incredible. His entire work with Stone Cold is so underrated. Um, Vito Cruz on TPWW says he's going to come up a lot and with good reason. One of the best in-ring workers of all time and he's such a versatile performer. Heel or face, serious or goofy, Kurt always made it work. A simple fan on TPWW form says one of the best ever in the ring. Could make you hate him if he was a heel and love him if he was a face. An obvious choice, really. Uh, Bad News Gertner on TPWW asks, has there been a wrestler who got so good so fast? Entertaining as hell on the mic, can be a goofy babyface or a submission machine. And uh, Pat Dooley on the Facebook page says, Angle came into the WWF as a clown show. He was green and he hadn't quite put all the pieces together. Then suddenly, one night it was like a switch had been flipped. Suddenly, he secreted charisma from every pore. His moves were crisp. He could go from a traditional technician to an unhinged psychopath in the blink of an eye. He loved to talk about winning a gold medal with a broken freaking neck, but the injuries he came back from in his pro career put that to shame. He was knocked unconscious during a main event championship match and carted off. He stumbled back to the ring and completed the match despite having literally no memory of any of it happening. And to top it all off, it was a damn good match. He was so battered and beaten, yet so dedicated to his craft, that when he suffered an injury uh, that had ended dozens of careers before him, he instead sought out an unproven experimental surgery that somehow added over a decade to his career. There are, there are people on, uh, on certain message boards that do not like Kurt Angle, do not feel he belongs in this kind of list. What? Longevity and, uh, and a creature of habit, some feel, in his style, especially in his uh, TNA years. But uh, I loved Angle at his best. Again, is that kind of argument about when you judge a guy by their prime? Man, Angle is best. 
is so awesome. The only thing that I can think of as a criticism is the fact that he was so damn good all round, stopped and pushed him properly. Yeah, I think mean, that's that's probably the only criticism. He, he he was so good at doing the comedy shtick. They went to it far too many times and it killed him as a draw, which obviously him and Austin being the, the, together as a pair and being the sort of prime example of that. Kurt Angle was so good in the ring, you know, smooth as silk. He could, he was a believable badass. They just didn't do it often enough with him. He, he played the the comedic foil very well, you know, and he 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 all babyface, yeah. you know. He, like Funk excelled at either. It's just one of those guys that, like, that goofy, idiosyncratic, there was something that's just naturally funny about <laughs> Kurt Angle, especially when during that period and watching that stuff back in 2000. It's like, you can see why. Because he's there, he's got this kind of, fuck, he's as good an athlete as he is, he's got this kind of bumbling cluelessness, <laughs> like this naivety about it. It's almost because he's so naive to the business in general, yeah. almost, in a way, that you can just see the, like, you know. <laughs> even, even, <laughs> even when he wins the belt that first time, and he's doing the arms outstretched, crying, and even even that, you know, it, it's funny to watch. It has a comedic element yeah. to it. But this is the world champion, champion. yeah, balling. Kieran didn't vote for him. Historical significance being the drawback for you here. Longevity, but effectiveness in his role. I thought that the roles he had, longevity, was yeah, and also I, not his work, but character as a face. Didn't like the milk. I didn't like the milk. <laughs> didn't like the milk. And when they tried to make him serious, it was too late because they'd already um, bent him over. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, made everyone laugh. So that's the only real thing. But he's so damn good. That's the, I'll go through periods of watching him at his best and just think, you know what? This guy might be yeah. <laughs> the best I've ever seen at his best. He's that's, just so good. Yeah. The face stuff, uh, the face stuff does, I, I think it hurts him. And that, that, you know, like we of that Austin, Austin Angle match when... Oh, yeah. He's working face, Austin's heel, and it's fucking incredible. SummerSlam 2001. Okay. Incredible, they're both fantastic, but at the same time, we've got the feeling they're both miscast, even how good they are. Actually, more so Austin, because Austin's just fucking an animal as, he's as a, a beast heel. In that Fuck me, he's a beast, and he's so great, but he's Austin and he should be a face. Yeah. But so that's not enough Austin. Kurt, uh, probably the cast, the, the projection of him earlier, plus his natural wackiness. Um, great for the angle charge. Not <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they always end in a drop toe hole. Yeah, um, but not the uh, not so much as uh, being the lead babyface. That's I think that hurts him. That and longevity, and maybe. Yeah, possibly because but that, then... T- that TNA period. It's not like he didn't do great stuff, but it's it's almost like you, you, you hate to say it, but it's almost that stain of TNA kind of taking the impact out of it. When it's like, yeah, it was a pun for you, but you know, it's like, <laughs> the, 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 it's like okay, he did have good matches with AJ Styles. He did have good matches with Samoa Joe. He had a great one with Jay Lethal on a pay per view. But when you take some of this out, it's just like that thing of what it, what can it really mean? It's just like you know, there's one with Nigel McGuinness on a pay per view when he's Desmond yeah. Wolf. It really kind of took out of that that habitual element that I think some people criticizes TNA run 4 we had to do with the stuff and that's when you get to see like Angle's just so good he's so good but unfortunately it's almost like the the, the greatness and the evolution of Angle in a way almost stopped when he joined TNA I think that's what it is for me we're talking all rounders all time and there's so many people to contend with that have got more consistency over a longer period I unfortunately think Kurt gets bumped uh, yeah heel he's fantastic I didn't mind the goofy the goofiness of him, uh, I probably didn't have as hard a time transitioning him from the goofy to the seriousness as maybe some other people did. I just went nah because I saw what he was in in the ring, so I could believe he could be goofy, and I could also believe he could be a badass because I got eyes and I can see how he wrestles. The baby faceness, um, yeah, I can I can see what your point is on that. I wasn't a fan of the baby face run during two thousand and one. 
but I did like his babyface runs after that um, against like Brock Lesnar and so on I thought he was a lot more effective in that role TNA it is the stink that just doesn't wash away isn't it I mean and, and no matter what and that's, and that's not to say like he didn't perform well as you stated you mentioned loads of people he had great matches with you know he, he did his best oh, I, I, I don't know whether I can have TNA's stink be what stops him from being in contention it can because for me. it's not him it, yeah it's but it's not him it's something else yeah. that's influencing his, his career, career. It it's is his career, career. though. And that's like, it, he's in TNA longer than he was in WWE, and that's the the thing that I, fucks it up. Yeah, don't don't say that again. It's true. Yeah, don't say it again. Yeah, I'm true. True. something again. something that people often forget. Yeah, but yeah, I think I think prob- I think probably what would be fair then is that he's he's he may not get into the four, but he's fucking close. Yeah. And I think if he had a different career trajectory, he would have been a certified guy in here because yeah. the talent, the talent is there, and it's oozing out of him. On to the next one here. Number 10 on the list is your boy Carl, Steve Austin. Coffee on Pro Wrestling Only says there has to be a case for Steve Austin, no? When his ring work slowed, mostly due to his body breaking down, everything else went up. The promos, the character, the presence, the effectiveness. Uh, Gord Buster on the F4W board says Austin always did get good matches out of Kane and Big Show and carried Rock and Kurt Angle when they were green. Uh, Angle admits to being carried by Austin in their 2001 feud. I believe Austin is also the last top guy in WWF history to call everything in the ring. Uh, despite his attitude era presentation, he had sort of a last of the old school territory guys training and I always liked that about it. Uh, Tiger Rick on the UK fan form says unlike other guys who drew a shitload of money Austin was a phenomenal wrestler ironically probably not at the height of his popularity but his stunning days in WCW his shoot stuff in ECW his matches with Bret Hart his comedy with Vincent Angle his big mouth bully alliance leader and his classic Stone Cold character show his range uh, whether working talking or acting he could turn his hand to anything and make something of it he has contemporaries when it comes to superstar status like Hogan and The Rock but they're nowhere near him as a worker not even close LCC on the UK fan form says probably the most invested I've ever been in a character ever money promo just superb was a fantastic worker before his injuries and even afterwards was a fun brawler and of course a huge draw and their RP on TPWW says I think Austin is the best all round of all time I really believe this uh, his in-ring work is underrated also quite possibly the main reason WWF hung in against WCW in the Monday Night War at his best, a, a fantastic wrestler. At his best, an incredible promo. That arguably the hottest baby face there ever was <laughs> for a short period of time. But it's, it's, it's well said, Liam. Well said. Um, look, I, I don't need to go off on a on a tangent about Steve Austin. I've done it on enough podcasts. And he was more than he was more than just a brawler. At his peak, yes, he was a brawler. That, that's what people expected of their main event matches in WWF during that period. His matches with Brett had a technical element to them. His matches with Ricky Steamboat in WCW are out of this world. (laughs) And, you know, you want to talk someone who can work singles and tag? As brief as as the run is as as the Hollywood Blondes, they were still an excellent tag team, and it's an indictment on WCW that they weren't together longer. Indeed it is. Yeah, in terms of, again, no one's going to question how great Steve Austin is. Uh, Kieran, I'm keen to get your thoughts on whether he makes you a Rushmore, because you're big on historical significance as part of your debate, and I think that he's got that in his favour. He's got so much else going for his favour too, in terms of his work in the ring at various points, his, his effectiveness and his promos at various points. Is he on yours? Yep. Absolutely? Yeah, he's Austin. Steve Austin. <laughs> Not even a debate in your mind? Nah. Gee, did you make yours? Well, just writing this down, this is the first guy that's actually been unanimously picked in the top ten, at least, by all four of us. <laughs> first guy. And for that reason alone, he should be in the final four. 
Okay. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think it is because babyface. Come on, you fucking kidding me? Do we really need to talk about it? Greatest baby fucking babyface, <laughs> heel. I think I even love him more as a fucking heel. Just me personally, when I look at his work rate, I go more towards the stunning Steve side of, of course, things, where he's yeah, absolutely yeah. like the motor on him is just insane. I know he still had the motor later on, but like, no, nah, he's he's fucking all over the place, and it's fucking. The argument, and I saw this argument, and we heard it there in, the, in, the, in some of the feedback, about Austin not being the complete package as an all-rounder at one time, because obviously when his work fell off was when everything else went up, because he had to, mm. and, you know, through injury. Oh, and, when okay. he, and for years, when he was a great you know, heel... Mechanic. Mechanic, yeah, mechanic, he didn't have the other elements. The, eff- the, the effectiveness, we're talking all-round total package, how, during what period do we feel like he was the closest to being that total package? That's the I, argument. I, even if his body wasn't necessarily at its peak I still think his ring work was far, was more than good enough more than good enough I, you know, and people disagree with me probably people around this table even Austin dur- during that period where he's, you know, he's got both knee braces on things of that nature I think he's better in the ring than The Rock he's better in the ring than The Rock on his best day <laughs> that was just like nasty that was like an Austin promo. <laughs> ninety-seven, I think. Of uh, if, if I, I see what I'm trying to get at, but I think ninety-seven, where both in ring he's still fantastic and uh, character-wise he's getting it. He's in full flow. I quite fully agree on Carl's little moment there about Austin and Rock. Who would I expect you to? Yeah, no, but but no, I, I can't I can't argue with Austin. Longevity of you know he had a long career. Mm. On top, it was might have been short, but it was significant. And we still Incredibly. miss, and, and we still miss him to this day. If he was able to come back and wrestle, we'd fucking be lapping it up. We'd be on our knees. Getting out to a few nominations that we didn't uh, nominate. In your case, uh, from Pro Wrestling Only, says Ted DiBiase, all-time great heel, both in Mid South and WWF, as a babyface involved in some all-time great angles. Very, very good worker, great charisma, exceptional worker of skits. Uh, worked as heel champion, the sort of guy who's a B plus across the board in virtually every category. Uh, capital T Truth on Pro Wrestling Only says Brian Danielson, exceptionally underrated heel and tweener work, especially as ROH champion, where he really helped get a lot of guys over. In ring, there are a few better in his babyface run to mania was all time stuff uh, Pat Dooley on the Facebook page says the fourth and final spot on my Mount Rushmore is by far the hardest do you go with Savage Jericho Guerrero Lightning Foot Jerry Flynn uh, for me it's probably Daniel Bryan this one took a lot of shower contemplation but yeah I think I'm pretty confident in this one the only thing that might hold him back is that he was a relatively late bloomer in the charisma department but oh boy once he put that puzzle piece in place he set the world on fire not J Tab on pro wrestling only goes for uh, Daniel Bryan's mentor William Regal uh, to me He's an absolute all-rounder. Bumbling heel dressed up like a pirate wench for laughs? Yep. Vicious heel cruelly stretching eyes? Yep. Fired up babyface promising a violent revenge on Triple H for assaulting Eugene? Yes. Uh, can work convincingly vicious brawls with Finley as convincingly as working guys over on the mat or doing some comedy shtick dressed as gold dust. Maluko on TPWW echoes that one and says, For me, the best talent to never hold a world title. You could give this man anything to do and he would make the best of it. His facial reactions and dramatics are some of my fondest memories of wrestling growing up. He was the ultimate character on a TV show like Raw, but in ring he was phenomenal too. An amalgamation of styles learned from his globe-trotting career came together to make his matches so interesting and unique. He has absolutely everything and it's such a pity certain events held back what should have been a world-class career for a five-star all-rounder. And uh, finally, Green 
Lawler says uh, the nature boy Buddy Rogers uh, before fans knew how important charisma was Buddy was teaching us he was the total package in an era of kick and punch Buddy was teaching us all what it meant to sequence uh, and all the while showing a generation of kids how to get real heat so that kind of wraps up some of the uh, the nominations that we didn't get to but we've got to get to uh, the next one on our list because time is a factor the heartbreak kid Shawn Michaels is next on the list let's talk about Shawn here because Sean is a very interesting one, is my personal, and, and another guy that gets so much hate from some of these message boards for because of the WWF narrative of him as the greatest of all time. But just to get to what you, the loyal listeners, think about that narrative, um, Stuart Sivitter on the Facebook page says, 20 years of great matches, when you look back it just gets better. Ladder match versus Razor and a belter versus Sid, who else could do that? His Hell in a Cell match versus Takeaway gives the performance of a lifetime, and 10 years later got a good match out of Hogan when no one else could. Just a god of men. John C. Haddock on the Facebook page as it's ironically your discussion revolves around whose face uh, we could carve into rocky cliffs of a wrestling Mount Rushmore because as far as I'm concerned this man is the touchstone of pro wrestling one of if not the best all-around performer in wrestling history flawless timing immaculate storytelling great talker all-around showman he could work and adjust his style to any match type any work of any size and always brought something fresh new or interesting to his performances whether he was in the uh, his face of being a hot tag team specialist the boy toy chewing gum like a badass motherfucker or the uh, reform cowboy bowing down before his lord and saviour he is without question the greatest entering performer of all time Pat Dooley on the Facebook page says Michaels could do almost literally anything in the ring he could fly he could work the mat and he could brawl he excelled in singles tags ladder matches cage matches and street fights add that to, uh, add to that fact that he was arguably the most compelling and charismatic character in the business throughout his career his legendary heel turn comes up any time you debate the best turns ever he came to embody the attitude that launched the most successful run in the company's history and after his miraculous recovery from injury uh, his grizzled vet looking for one last shot at glory character led to some of the greatest Wrestlemania stories of all time Tiger Rick on the UK fan forum says I struggle to think of a fourth guy sticking to the criteria it's probably Michaels or Flair but I don't find Flair stuff holds up anywhere near as well so I'm going for this knobhead <laughs> uh, there's no doubt he was a talented performer who had a pretty good range he could also work heel and babyface really well and had great matches with a variety of opponents of all different shapes and sizes he wasn't a top tier draw or the real elite level of superstar but he was close on both counts uh, definitely preferred him as a worker in his later years, but as a character, he was most interesting in his coked-up, paranoid wanker phase. Uh, Vito Cruz on TPWW says he's barely giving him the edge over Steve Austin just because of his career resurgence. Four years after people thought he'd never wrestle again, he returns and goes on to wrestle for eight more years, rarely having a bad match along the way. Wishbone on TPWW says, Shawn Michaels, while I'd agree he uh, never achieved top guy status, uh, Michaels is by far one of the best all-round performers pro wrestling has ever seen. He might not have been a giant, but he still had a great look and his in-ring and mic skills were damn near unmatched. Boy Better Know on the, the F4W board says, Stone Cold, The Rock, Ric Flair and Shawn Michaels are his uh, because he doesn't care what anyone says, Shawn was a great promo and that's that. Uh, Crow Bro on the F4W board backs that up and says, just watching these past few uh, Brian and Vinny Roars supports this. I ate that shit up back then and it's great to re-watch now. And uh, Neil Robinson on the Facebook page says, in my opinion, the greatest pro wrestler to ever set foot in a wrestling ring. Look at that back catalogue of matches. Classic tags as part of the Rockers against the Brain Busters, the Heart to the Orient Express to start his run. One of the greatest heel turns of all time at the barbershop before starting his run to the top, perfected the ladder match in 94, was the only thing watchable about 95. Match-wise, he held the company together in 96, lost the plot completely in 97, but still had the greatest cage match of all time, had a four-year hiatus only to somehow come back, even better to have classics with Triple H, Jericho, Flair, Angle, Cena, Undertaker, always capable of a good-to-great promo, simply the best of all time. His promos are an interesting one because, I, again, Sean is best 
which is probably that prick period of 97 that was mentioned by Tiger Rick. However, as a babyface promo in 96, he's bloody awful. <laughs> and I, I watched a lot of it back recently just so I could get a flavour for babyface Sean in his prime. And fuck me, there's a promo at Mind Games. Everyone remembers the Mind Games match of Mankind, which is great. Yeah. And there's a promo yeah. before yeah. that match where Sean's been interviewed backstage and he doesn't have a fucking clue what he's supposed to say. And in the end, he just kind of stands there and goes, I don't really know what I'm going to do. Guess I'm just gonna make it up on the fly, I suppose. And then, <laughs> I think it's Pettengill throws to the next shot, and Sean just looks so pissed off at himself and just walks off in a hoof. <laughs> it's like, Jesus Christ. So, I can see arguments against it. Sean, you know, isn't everyone's cup of tea, apparently, but he is absolutely fantastic. And, like, I, I, unfortunately, I've yet to hear the debate against it. Power Butchie was still waiting on your phone call. <laughs> he's in my four. I can, I can, I can see why the notion of he's the greatest of all time could possibly grate on some people yeah I, I certainly think he's he's in the he's in the debate w- without question um, great matches in like three decades great matches that's pretty hard to you beat know, with so many and, guys and, including and, Sid yeah, <laughs> it's another mention yeah. and it's and it's, yeah his, his promos in 96 weren't great but he got a damn sight better at them and, and you know a, a year removed from that his promos as, as the prick cocky hill are excellent they're absolutely fantastic and even if you know you have that knock on him when, during that initial babyface run and say his promos aren't good when he comes back the second time his promos are damn good as his, uh, during his babyface run there's no stinkers in there he's consistent consistently good throughout someone who ticks the boxes of work can work singles worked earlier in his career great as, team as a, a great, great tag team not as good as his single run I will add that uh, others may disagree with from from top to bottom just absolutely fantastic even even if he was a dick even if he was a dick he's, he is just that good charisma absolutely fantastic and he does make my four historical significance didn't have him on my original four big knock on Sean the two big knocks on Sean I guess promos as a baby face at times historical significance and ability to draw do you hold it against him? I think to a degree he gets kind of a bit of a bad rap in the in the in the '96 argument in the sense of in '95 when Nash got the the uh, you know, the big criticism as being not being able to draw it was based on the house shows we talked about this before how the raw ratings during Nash's run were actually really good but no one was looking at the ratings because ratings didn't really matter all that much it was about money in the wrestling business at that time and then uh, when the Monday Night War comes along all the focus shifts to the ratings and Nitro gets ahead but Raw held strong with Nitro until Nitro went to two hours which was really the difference maker and obviously got Nash Hall and Hogan um, coming together at the exact same time but at the same time while ratings went down and buy rates did too Sean's house show numbers pretty much almost doubled when you compare month by month I'm inclined to kind of put the buy rate blame not necessarily all on Sean but on the fact that the pay-per-views were not built very well I mean Bulldog we saw before with, with Nash and with Brett was not a good not, not a good draw as a headliner Mankind was thrown together out of nowhere Vader had been pretty much killed before he even got to SummerSlam and again I'm not exonerating Sean in this by any means there's an element there where obviously as a top face of the company with society the way it was at that time that was not the right character to headline the company in my opinion but when it comes to historical significance there's a whole litany of guys and maybe you want to say this is you know part of that WWE narrative how many wrestlers were influenced by Sean I I don't see the argument against Sean being an all-time great in any sense let alone and for something like this I can certainly see a potential argument against 
the best all rounder if we're taking into consideration things like drawing money. If that if that if that's the barometer for effectiveness, there's there's an argument there. But much like I can see Rock getting on the list based on the other elements and the ring work being very good, Sean being so exceptional in certain areas, I think might carry him over. So I think he's probably gonna make my yeah, four for that well, reason. Yeah, for me, like I said, I appreciate this in the snow round thing, but everyone has different qualities and different amounts and the significance of those individual elements is idiosyncratic for each guy. And well, that's it. And I think that the thing with, with, with Sean is as well, that a lot of the people that, that criticise Sean or don't like what Sean was, I think that when they nitpick Sean's work, they kind of miss the big picture by doing so. You know what I mean? It's like a lot, a lot of the stuff that they'll say they don't like about Sean's work is stuff that is working to the audience that he's working in front of. I mean, there were very few times, and I remember them because to me they're the exceptions to the rule, when Sean misread a crowd and he wasn't able to hook them in to, to what he wanted to do at the exact point in time. You know, WrestleMania 12 stands out as an example, and Hell in a Cell with Triple H does as well. I can do that with anybody that wants to make the claim of, of, of somebody being the best wrestler of all time. You can always find a match where some, that somebody had where they misread the crowd. Again, it's missing the big picture to, to look at small things, and the way Sean worked was to elicit the most emotion big picture out of everybody that he possibly could in the building and Sean did that more often than almost anybody I've ever seen you know, fantastic bumper fantastic dramatic selling some people don't like the melodrama of Shawn Michaels for me it works whether he was a heel getting annihilated I thought he was brilliant as, as the heel getting annihilated M more than anybody in the business I love Sean getting annihilated the match with Undertaker at Ground Zero is not a match that people are going to think of as a conventionally awesome match but the shit kicking that Sean takes in that match is absolutely tremendous it's, it, it's, it's one of the Oh, it's just a fucking unbelievable effort. G? Mine's is like, he's, he's, he's good, but he's not great. He's not great like some other names that we've kind of mentioned uh, already tonight in terms of promos. You know, he, he's good enough to whatever the character, particularly if he's a heel. Um, Babyface, like, fine. I mainly think of his second run. Uh, his, second fun, his second run is more of a pro to me than his, than his necessarily his first one. When he was on top, he was on top during a period of a slide, and that 96 run wasn't great. Um, as you, you mentioned with his promos, so it, it does kind of count. Matches were great, but yeah, it, it, oh yeah, the matches were great, absolutely. I mean, mind mind games. You, you mentioned that, that that match, I I I think is actually my favourite of all the Sean matches. I know he's had loads of plenty of great ones, but that was well, again, it, it depends on on how much how much of a factor you you put sort of drawing power and the numbers. Yeah, in. like I say, I I didn't factor it in that much, which is why I, I can look at Sean's a, a fairly easy one for my top four in that regard. The only issue I have now here is because I had three dead certs, they aren't going anywhere. Uh, I had one space open and I had it penciled in for HBK, but you've done a good job of convincing me of Austin. <laughs> so I'm in this kind of period where I, I, I don't quite know. And, and also because Kieran was on form of Eddie Guerrero, he's put that in my mind as well. So he's so close. We move on to another gentleman who got four votes yes. for something that needs to be in it's the nature boy Ric Flair the last person we've got to talk about yes we have not forgotten Ric Flair we are <laughs> going to get to him in this podcast MIM731 on the UK fan forum says Ric Flair because how can you not a guy who had absolutely everything in all departments the best ever Noid on TPWW says some criticises in ring work for being repetitive but the Ric Flair formula was a good fucking formula if you had what Ric Flair had well you'd be Ric Flair wouldn't you but you're not Ric Flair are you <laughs> uh, maybe you should go and ask your mother or Halle Berry just how well rounded Ric Flair is uh, Vito Cruz on TPWW says bolster people who use being formulaic as a knock against him people were into it for a long ass time and we all know how 
great he was on the stick. Bad news, Gertner on TPWW says, what else can be said about Flair that hasn't been? Amazing promos, amazing in the ring, just amazing all around. Uh, Joey Von Kramer on Pro Wrestling Only says, when Liam and the boys come to discuss Flair on the actual show, I want to draw their attention to four key moments when he was a babyface. Stargate 83 in the angle versus race, uh, the Flair for the gold. Feud against Terry Funk in 1989. Stargate 93 in the angle with Vader. And uh, 1998 in the promo on Bischoff. I'm pointing to them because I think it's easy to think of Flair as a career heel and forget about how great he was when he's put in major babyface roles. He has the real emotion, and I think his ability to connect as a babyface is built on that genuine emotion. There aren't too many guys who have had it. Pat Dooley on the Facebook page says, Ric Flair did what Michaels did, but he did it first. Yes, the time and the stage were different, but you can't look back on what Flair did and not get your chisel ready. He's probably the greatest heel in the history of the industry. The suits, the planes, the women, the horsemen. He could go town to town and make an entirely new audience hate his guts each and every night. And oh yeah, he may just decide to go for an hour just for the hell of it. The list of guys that Flair gave the rub to reads like a who's who of the last three decades. So not only could he talk, not only could he wrestle, but he was best for business before that was a shit catchphrase. And uh, Craig Atkinson on the Facebook page wrote a, a massive essay uh, on Ric Flair, basically just saying, surely uh, there can be only one answer to the best all-around performer of all time, one man, one legend, one diamond, one Halle Berry nobbing classic, the nature boy Ric Flair. He is in the conversation for the greatest ever in every single category you choose to mention. I think Jim Cornette said it best. There might have been those who drew more money. There might have been those who were a better promo or for some time better in the ring, but no one was so good at so many aspects of the business for so long. Four votes around this table. Uh, we heard there from the listeners a, a, a wonderful baby face a wonderful heel unbelievable promo star presence carried a company incredible ace of a company I, I can't see I think this is the, the easiest one on the board and, and I think this is probably where the debate if there is one comes in about some of these other guys because Ric Flair is like the easiest one Flair, on the board. Flair redefines the parameters he's the one on yeah. the side if the other three are on the, yeah, the, the, the three faces on Mount Rushmore are next to each other there's one on the other side right that faces him that's, that's Flair for me Flair's the guy he does make my top four he was the first name I, I thought of when I was putting this list together the man had no weakness Apart from the ladies, that's and, a, that's, and, that's, that's and booze, <laughs> and the alcohol. Yeah, I don't consider the alcohol or Jim the ladies Heard. a weakness <laughs> in the slightest. Jim Heard, Dusty Rhodes, Oak Bischoff he had a few weaknesses when it came to uh, people he had to deal with. But all pricks, all <laughs> pricks. <laughs> Rick Flair's Rick Flair's an easy one. I, I, I don't need to go into any detail. Like like we said, it's Steve Austin. Kieran said it's Shawn Michaels. I'll just say it's Rick Flair. Gee. We started. Oh, oh, sorry. Oh, old man Jones just broke his toe. Well, uh oh. Sorry, I broke his toe. Oh, oh. it's over. Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, look at that. Oh, my God. That's a funk cell, that is. Oh, fucking oh. hell. Oh, I can feel that. Oh. oh. I hope you're recording all this. I am. Oh. Oh. I'm leaving this in. Look how red his neck is, though. That's quite funny. Looks like he kills. Oh. I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> Kieran just sat his chair down on old man Jones' toe. Oh. I, I don't want to stress anyone, but time's an issue. So yeah, I'm, so, I'm sorry, Carl. I gotta go. I gotta go it's, on. It's I gotta not go on. <laughs> yeah, Ric Flair was the guy that made the all rounder in 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 the 80s, you know, and and beyond that as well. This guy, this guy is the champion. Okay, like he, this is the true definition of what a champion is. Traveling around, I mean, in ring. Obviously, fantastic. Uh, you know, oh yeah, but he had you know just the same moves over and over again. Yes, because it fucking worked. When he's a fucking babyface, this 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 is it. This is where the magic is, right? This guy, it just hits another level, right? And this is when we talked about it with Arm when we started the podcast, right? Where he makes it seem so real. Everyone mocks the fact that Flair cries. 
go screw yourself okay <laughs> the reason why I fucking care about Flair is because it means so much to him yeah. and you can see because he cares so much it makes me fucking care they always mention the Dusty Rose promo like my hand touching your hand I'm touching Flair's hand I'm going into battle with him he's the guy <laughs> I want to fight with because I know whether we're getting our asses kicked he'll find a way out of it He's that's, that's the fucking baby face he is I'm not going to go into the rant of a great American bash again we know how fucking good he is okay he's the first fucking ballot end of I'm not going to go anymore I had a whole speech but no it's fucking Ric Flair it's okay. It's just to get to some of the final verdict here, Booty Man from the F4W board says Ric Flair for sure, then Kurt Angle. We're talking all rounders here, so that leaves out Hogan, who's a goose egg on work rate, Shawn Michaels, who's not a great draw and overrated on promos, uh, Bret Hart, who's really good on promos for certain periods of time but below average for others, and Terry Funk, who is not really an exceptional worker for any length of time, he says. Uh, it's tough. Ric Flair is a rare breed. There ain't too many like him. Maybe Austin, though he wasn't really at the top of his game in every category at the same time. Will Cooling on the F4W board says, to me, Flair and Austin are must. They drew, they could talk, and had great matches. I'm sympathetic to the idea that Randy Savage is the next best guy who meets all the criteria. Again, he drew great both in the 80s and 90s, could talk, and had great matches. To me, the final guy is probably Foley. He certainly drew throughout his career, admittedly often on smaller stages. He was one of the best talkers in the business and always had great matches. Uh, Project Humanoid on the F4W board says Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels, Steve Austin, and Randy Savage. All four men had incredible presence and character. Each one instantly evokes an image the moment you say their names. Three of the four... Sorry, Sean. We're immensely talented on the microphone as well, Austin and Flair especially. Michael's talent with characterization and telling his stories between the ropes more than make up for his deficiencies. Perhaps most importantly, all four had the ability to elevate their opponent. Ric Flair and Shawn Michaels are among the smaller handful of wrestlers most frequently praised for having the proverbial ability to work with a broomstick. Randy Savage carried the ultimate warrior to the best match of his career at WrestleMania 7, still the greatest one-man show in wrestling, as Savage did 85% of the work and Sherry did another 10. Austin lags behind the other three a bit more, largely because he didn't work as many big matches with as many slugs, but he was instrumental in ushering in the era where being able to work was fairly requisite for a main eventer. Uh, PTO on the F4W board says, George Washington is The Rock, Thomas Jefferson is Ric Flair, Teddy Roosevelt is Terry Funk, and Abraham Lincoln is HPK on his Mount Rushmore. And uh, wrapping it up here with Noid on TPWW, who says, my Mount Rushmore has to be Randy Savage, Kurt Angle in Stone Cold Steve Austin in Cowboy Hats, and Shawn Michaels in his Playgirl pose. But wait, what's that being airlifted down. It's a golden Ric Flair head, mid-woo, crying real tears that flood the native's land. This is Flair country now. It's only fitting that wrestling breaks the rules, and Ric Flair pays for his own addition to wrestling's Mount Rushmore of all-rounders. It has come time to make the definitive statements, fellas. After all the debate, after all the discussion, it's time to break it down to four. So uh, I'm going to throw it first to Old Man Jones. You're the lucky one I'm going to go with first. Who are your four that are making your Mount Rushmore of all-rounders? There's some some similarities between a, a couple of the pairings here. Funk and Austin go in. Yeah. And HBK and Flair. There we go. They make it on Old Man Jones' Mount Rushmore. Kieran O'Rourke. Step up to the plate. Flair, Sean, Austin, Eddie. Okay. Flair, Sean, Austin, I am Eddie. I am bulldozing the Hollywood sign and uh, constructing a... Uh, a, se- a, a separate rock shrine in Hollywood, yeah. Okay, absolutely. Gijon Chase. Um, I'm having flair because you fucking have flair in there. I'm having macho man. Um, the rock. I, I can see what you mean by having a different sign of him, but I don't see why we can't have rock in two places. HBK's fucking close. Austin is Austin, but Kieran, you asshole, you did such a great job. I'm going Eddie. I'm going Eddie for the fourth. Who are you for again, Kieran? Sorry. Uh... Flair, Sean, Austin, Eddie. You're going for Eddie. I'm so surprised that Eddie's made this last ditch leap into the uh, the Mount Rushmore of all rounders. 
I just I wanted to go a bit yeah like I said more, a bit more I don't know, just something more interesting in my own head, maybe. Why? Why I do think that uh, you know effectiveness does tie into drawing power. I think that there are elements of it that, that for all, when I think all rounder, I'm kind of closer to you, Carl, in terms of thinking about as, as pure talent, pure talent all rounder. Who who's got the most? And for me, when I think about that, it's Ric Flair, it's Terry Funk, it's Shawn Michaels, and I think I was oh, god damn that last one's tough. I think I'm gonna go with Eddie Guerrero because that was the, that was the one that when I like I said before yeah. when I first thought of it I thought you know what Eddie's creeping in here the more I think about Eddie the more he creeps into just being yeah. all round mm. just fucking unbelievable. What's the what's cumulative vote? So the oh official. Christ, Flair's definitely in. Flair's in for sure. Uh, I Flair's think Eddie's got, it. I think Eddie's on. Flair and Eddie. Got three votes. Flair's got four. Eddie yeah. got three. Eddie, Eddie got Eddie three. Got th- three, yeah. Um, I think Funk. Austin got three. Austin three. Funk made it to mine. And Carl's mine Funk two. Funk two. Yeah. No, no, no. Savage. Savage one. one. Rock one. Which is that's ah um, oh, makes me want to put Savage on Eddie though. That's the tough thing because I really do love Savage. But nah, I'll go with Eddie. I made, I made my bed. I got a lie in it. It's, it's definitely Flair, Austin, and Eddie, and then everything else is just two points each. So. Oh, no. we, we won't. We went Sean. We're gonna have to, uh, me. Me. So, oh, I did. Yeah, so Sean, that's your, that's your three. Flair, Sean, Austin, Eddie made the list. Flair, Sean, Austin, and Eddie made the made the cumulative voting. Flair, Sean, Austin, Eddie made it around this table. I want to thank everybody for 100 episodes. Uh, we have unfortunately got to wrap it up. If we didn't get to your feedback this time, we apologise. We just had so much to get to. I want to take this time to thank everybody who's ever listened to an episode of Squared Circle Gazette Radio. If you've been with us from the beginning, thank you so much. If you've ever contributed an idea, if you've ever given us feedback on a show after we've posted it, if you've contributed your comments to a topic, if you suggested the show to a friend or posted a link on another form, which I've seen some people do. Uh, I want to thank everybody for being a part of Squared Circle Gazette Radio over the past 100 episodes. It's been an absolute blast. And I just want to say that uh, after all this time, after at last count 94 different countries, uh, 48 states in America, 94,000 plays, and an extra 96,000 downloads, I want to thank everybody who's ever been a part of Squared Circle Gazette Radio. I cannot thank you enough. Four, G. John Chase. Fire me, I'm already fired. Four, Old Man Jones. Thanks for listening through 100 shows, folks. Please keep supporting us. And for Kieran O'Rourke. Sorry, Carl. <laughs> How's your foot? I am Liam O'Rourke, and we are out of here. Talk to you again soon on Squared Suffolk Gazette Radio, and thank you very, very much for everything. I can't get the shoe on. <laughs> <laughs>